This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. You're welcome to bring up whatever might happen to be on your mind. 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, so enjoy those on us. And the site is uh, brand new as of 2010. The new Free Talk Live 2.0. Guard, have you had a chance to uh, to go over and take a look at it? I yet? have indeed, my man. You have entered not only the 21st century but the 22nd century, my brother. <laughs> I I don't think that's so. I don't think the web can exist. Kirk on that thing. Second, the 22nd century, the it'll World Wide Web head. will uh, will probably not be anything like it is today. You think it'll exist? Like you think it'll go away? I don't know. I, I, it might I mean, be replaced by direct jacks in your brain or something yeah, like that. It could very well be exactly. by that point. Yeah. But they'll still be like connected computers and stuff. They'll probably just add a whole whole bunch more. Like every computer will be connected with every other computer or something. I don't know. I don't we'll either. find out. Maybe. Be Eight. weird. <laughs> I was just thinking it'd be weird if if when we did jack in physically, if internet viruses did turn into real physical viruses. That'd be pretty wild. It'd be pretty awful. Wild stuff. <laughs> They're gonna figure something out for that real quick. You can take control of the airwaves here at 800-259-9231, and you may bring up absolutely anything. Of course, as usual, we've got a lot of stuff to bring to the table tonight, but the calls are, uh, the show rather, is about uh, you, what you want to make it about if you choose to at 800-259-9231. Quick update to start things out here tonight, and I'm pulling this, by the way, from the front page of our website, freetalklive.com, where you actually get to control the content of the website. You get to submit different stories, and our other listeners will vote on those stories, and uh, you know, if they're really good, they'll make it to the front page. So here's one of them from the Ottawa Sun. It's an update on a story we did a little while back about an Ottawa teenager who started his own pirate radio station. And we actually had this young man on the program here to talk about it. And he wasn't the, the most principled of, uh, of individuals. But then again, he was, I think, 16 or yeah, something Yeah, he just like wanted that. to start a radio station. He just wanted to do, start his own radio station, which is what I wanted to do when I was uh, age 16. So, And I certainly didn't have principles back then either. Mm-hmm. So I, could, uh, I can relate. But here's the latest on his story. An Ottawa teen's pirate Mix FM 91.9 radio station went off the air again on Friday. After the police and government officials raided his father's hotel. Good Lord. Now, remember when, when we talked to him, he didn't really seem to be too cognizant of the, uh, the fact that this was a, a real possibility. Do you recall that, Mark? Yes. Yeah. We, we tried to clue him in that, you know, this may yeah. be happened. This may happen to you at some point. Uh, but yeah, that people with guns burst in the door and try to hurt you. <laughs> yep. And they did. Uh, well, they didn't hurt the, the young man, but they did burst in. Uh, RCMP and Industry Canada officials arrived at Sade International Hotel uh, in Gloucester to shut it down at 9 a.m. This is no ordinary hotel. Uh, Sade. (laughs) (laughs) No ordinary hotel. This one's spelled S-A-A-D-E. Anyway, Jahid. Oh, shoot. I should know how to pronounce his name. We talked to him. Jahad, I believe is what it was. Jahad Sade at uh, age 14, not 16, excuse me, had been on the local airwaves off and on for the past couple of months. The raid happened at 9 in the morning. The unlicensed station kept spinning songs while police searched the hotel for Sade's transmitter. Because his dad, Georges, is the owner of said hotel. And he. Uh, the story was that the uh, Jihad had gotten an inheritance because somebody had passed away. So he'd inherited quite a bit of money, apparently. And went out and, and paid for some relatively professional level uh, transmitter equipment. I mean, he he went out and bought 
like a 2,000-watt transmitter, a 3,000-watt transmitter, yeah. as I recall. It's it was a big tower stuff. here in the picture. It's uh, something else. Tower. Well, the tower's not the, not the biggest, but uh, you know, if you've got a good location for the tower that's fairly high up, the top of a hotel, you don't have to have a real big, you know, you don't have to have one of those ginormous 150-foot towers that yep. you see behind radio It's not stations. your wattage, it's the height of your tower. Right, so you could put a little 10-foot tower up on top of a hotel, and you'd be doing just fine. Mark's comment sounded strangely sexual there. I don't know. Just saying, I don't know where you're getting that from. Hit your mind out of the gutter. Sade had hidden some of the equipment and wouldn't tell the police or his father where it was located. Police eventually just cut power to the entire hotel at 11.52 in the morning. And <laughs> they couldn't go out to the tower and cut the line so to the tower. The hotel, they, uh, you know, they they cut the power to the whole hotel. Apparently so. They uh, they shut it down just before noon, and it went silent. George Sade said the RCMP called, pretending to rent a room because the hotel door was locked when they arrived. He said the Mounties had to call in a locksmith to gain access. <laughs> George said his son was mad and yelled at the police and was crying at one point. Mm. George said he was told no, no charges would be laid, but the RCMP and Industry Canada had a judge's order to seize, I mean steal, all the radio equipment. Technician also scaled the transmission tower outside the hotel and dismantled the equipment. Jihad has received two orders from Industry Canada, or had received two orders, to turn the station off. The first time on December 3rd, he did shut the broadcast down for a day. Went off the air again December 14th, but was back on the air on December 24th, and the station had been broadcasting ever since. So there's the latest on the uh, the story out of Ottawa. With so the- they stole the kid's transmitter and his stuff, and messed up his stuff. Yeah, presumably they stole his transmitter. Yep. Uh, wow. And they definitely disconnected his antenna, and they're just mean. They're just mean, nasty people, and... Jihad was not interfering with any other local radio stations. He was on a channel that was available up there in uh, in Ottawa. And, and it's it, the name of the station is Mix. It's not yeah. like he was. It, it's not like this was ghetto rap or something like yeah, that. Like you know, Klux offensive Klan things. radio or something. Right. Yeah, and, you know, or, or or something. He, I think he was playing rap. But it was yeah. just, uh, it's like pop. It's like a pop top forty station. Basically. Yeah, but I mean, it wasn't the offensive stuff. And 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 let's say even if it was, you, you didn't know? listen. Uh, even if right. it was, uh, even if it was something that would be offensive to some people, hey, he's got perfect right to put it out there. If people don't want to listen to it, this is where uh, private property matters uh, come into play, and where the government creates a tragedy of the commons by claiming that they're going to take over all the airwaves, and then it will be divvied out in a fair manner. Uh, you can't allow free speech through the airwaves if the government runs the airwaves. It doesn't happen that Absolutely. way. Absolutely. And just like we've seen where people have tried to bring in their journalistic equipment into courtrooms and they're supposed to have a right to be journalists, the court says, no, I'm sorry. Just like you're supposed to have a right to be able to go anywhere with a firearm in a public place, if you go onto a plane – no, I'm sorry, the government will regulate away your rights. So in this case, it's the same thing. The tragedy of the commons, the government says, well, we will manage it, and you can speak, but you can't speak. You have a lot right. of money, and you can pay us for a license, but That's pretty you much don't. the only way. Yeah, yeah. If, if you don't have a lot of money, and I don't know what it's like in Canada, but if you don't have a lot of money here in the United States, then it's, no, it's a no-go for you. And then yeah. even if you do have enough money... You're then subject to whatever all the FCC's rules and regulations happen to be at that time. They're not as onerous necessarily now as they used to be. For instance, for talk radio stations, they had the uh, the so-called fairness doctrine in the past, 
which required that you have to give uh, candidates equal time. And uh, you know, you had, if you had yeah. one person on with one side of, uh, of an opinion, you had to offer, at the very least, offer the time to another person to present the other and side. And, of course, of programmers responded to that by saying, you know what, we just won't put controversial stuff on That's because right. we don't know how many people are going to try to come on and take time out of our day. We're going to lose advertising revenue. Exactly right. And and who knows what's going to come uh, soon with the FCC. Now, there may be some – there's a chance there's going to be some good news. There was a story about uh, the fleeting expletive situation. Darn it. Bono at the uh, live uh, MTV Awards, that sort of thing. Well, that's what they're looking at. The U.S. Circuit, uh, Second U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals in Manhattan has been uh, hearing this case about the fleeting expletives. Now, essentially, the FCC's policy is now, as of a few years ago, after the whole Bono thing and the Janet Jackson and yeah. all of these things, after all of that, they set the policy to where even one expletive that goes out over the air you are subject, and they raise the fine. Amount. It used fine. to be thirty-two thousand five hundred. Now it's three hundred twenty-five thousand right. dollars uh, for the and for the, and it's not just to the network; it's to each individual station that broadcasts it. Right, now. that's correct. Because actually, the network isn't um, responsible for it. It's only the station that's responsible because they're the only they're the ones only the, the licensee. Right. So if it's <laughs> if it's the Rush Limbaugh show and it's broadcast on six hundred stations, the FCC can come in and fine six. Hundred stations, three hundred twenty-five dollars. I can tell you, three hundred twenty-five thousand, three hundred twenty-five thousand. Excuse me. And don't forget, that will put some, uh, many of those stations out under. Of business. That was the bill that I happened to come across right when I saw Ed Markey, the congressman who had proposed it. I saw him later that day. We can come back and talk more about uh, fleeting expletives here, but we're also going to take your phone calls about what you want. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Your calls coming up next. It is Free Talk Live. Do you remember the old Libertarian Party back when it was centered around the non-aggression principle? The LP used to serve as an educational vehicle, turning the public on to liberty through the electoral process and bringing activists together to further their own understanding of the philosophy. It was also the main feeder organization for the larger movement. We want to bring that LP back. Join the Libertarian wing of the Libertarian Party and help restore the party of principle. Visit TakeBackTheLP.info. That's TakeBackTheLP.info. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Give you all the features on the site for free. They include live streams. There's a broadband version of the show, a dial-up version, a webcam, even uh, the brand-new Free Talk Live listen lines. It's all there for you, free, at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. Now, how would you like to intern in film and alternative media? Well, if you're not college-age... Your SOL. But yeah. if you are a college age, then the IHS Production Internship Program offers paid internships at production companies making films, documentaries, online video programs, and more. The program includes a week-long interdisciplinary IHS seminar, a stipend, and housing allowance. Applicants at all levels of experience are encouraged to apply. Placements are available during the summer and the fall. You can apply for summer placement by February 15th. So you got about a month left to do that at libertarianinternships.com. That's libertarianinternships.com. It sounds like a great opportunity. All right, so we're going to continue here. We'll take your phone calls about what you want. We started out with an update on Jehad, who is the 14-year-old youth 
who is was operating his own radio station, his own pirate radio station in Ottawa, and pirate radio people are just they just have a a warm spot in my heart. I uh, I love community it. community radio. Aggressive part Pirate 15. sounds so much cooler. Hey, man, that's how John Peel started. He became a legend in the UK. Let's go to your phone calls. George is on the line listening to KBYO FM in Monroe, Louisiana. Hey, George. George. Oh, he's man, gone. he must have been pirate just, phone caller. Just lost him. All right, let's continue then with Scott in Massachusetts. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Scott. Yes, hello, uh, gentlemen. How are you? What's on your mind tonight? Uh, today is Martin Luther King Day. And, uh, I bet that, people, oh, hi, Scott. I bet that no, pisses well, you wait, off. Wait, wait, wait. It's, it's, it's a different way of looking at it. Uh, white people in many regards have been disenfranchised, including myself, through affirmative action. I lost a job, in fact, through affirmative action. And uh, it's one thing to give equality to group, whether blacks, Hispanics, Jews, what have you. But when you give to one group and you take away from another, that's not equality. I'd like to say something very interesting you may want to know. New Hampshire was, was adamantly against MLK Day until the very, very end. And then the Manchester Union leader caved in. Right. And uh, it, 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 well, it, you inanimate know, land masses can't be for or against anything. Well, what I'm you saying said New is, Hampshire was for, or you, you can't have New Hampshire being for or against anything. They There's were, they no were one of the thing. last holdouts. They were one of the holdouts, and the Manchester Union leader knuckled under. And, of course, everyone knows now the Manchester Union leader is nothing but a rag. But uh, anyway, uh, personally, I don't think there need to be any holidays, any government holidays. Right I don't on. think there needs to be any uh, government. No, there shouldn't be at if all. Give, and if, and Scott, yeah. even though uh, even though I'm not a, a bigot like you, <laughs> I do agree he with you. He didn't say anything this time. I know he didn't. But I just want to make well, then it you clear. shouldn't name call unless you know that unless he does it that time. Right? I, I want to let you know still, something. Still, still, let me point out though, you yeah. are correct that affirmative action is not uh, the the solution to race. Because it does essentially reverse, uh, it is essentially reverse racism, and, it's, and it it's undercuts real achievement too. Yeah. You, know? you see, I'm an equal opportunity hater. <laughs> I hate everyone. See, that's a Black, problem. That's why we. Hispanic, that's why we're different. Jews, and 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 I'm going to tell you, you got to look at it from what, my perspective. Do you hate white people too? I mean, while you're at it, say that again. It, well, if you hate everyone, you mean you also hate no. white people, then, right? Uh, no, I when I, I well, that's not everyone. That's not equal well, let me tell you, no, no, but that's not necessarily true because in Massachusetts is tomorrow is a big election. I am not going to vote for Martha Coakley, and the reason why I'm not is not so much that I'm in love with Scott Brown because I hate the Kennedy family. I will not support. I will, will not support this Irish Catholic hold that they have on the state. Do you so, hate uh, Irish Catholics? What's that? Do you hate Irish Catholics? Uh, they have. They they have put a noose around Massachusetts' neck, and uh, every and, and, single and, one of them, all of the Irish Catholics, they're all responsible. Tremendous, tremendous, uh, tremendous sway in the state. Tremendous. And uh, let's put it this way: What's your heritage? Just curious. Do you know? I'm uh, I'm pro- I'm Episcopalian of English descent. Now, how do you? I'm not saying I came over from the Mayflower, but. Uh, I am I am the original stock that America was built on. Now, uh, Scott, I I thought that this was true for me too. Um, but it, you mean aside from the American Indians? Well, um, right. They, but uh, yeah. I'm, I'm talking to Scott now. You're, you're chiming in here. Um, the um, I, I thought this was true for me too, and then I found out that some sort of from a heritage standpoint that in fact I'm not as lily white as I thought I was, and I just wonder whether um, you know, like you think that that's true for you, but it doesn't. 
actually make it true. And I, I agree. It, and it doesn't really matter um, to me that I happen to have some Asian in me or and and a little bit of uh, you know Hispanic or something, whatever Spanish people. Did you get are. a DNA test? Um, I I happen to know from a uh, a medical condition. Mm. Um, it only happens to Asian. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm sitting right next to you now. Um, <laughs> no, nah, just joking around. But you know, Scott, look, I can understand how people can feel a certain amount of resentment for, and and it is actually very understandable what many of the Irish Catholics have have done in po- political uh, realms and in in the church down in Massachusetts. Stuff they've covered up, the the corruption in Massachusetts, the mafia in Massachusetts and around Boston, oftentimes. Uh, there's a lot of corruption to to be to be uh, to be cited in that, and I cert- I think a certain amount of regime uh, solidity there, where people grow up Democrats, they grow up Irish Catholic Democrat, but they're this sort of um, you know lunch lunchroom uh, buffet. Um, Catholics and they they only they want to pick and choose and I can understand what you're saying about uh, hey you know certain people of certain ethnicities and backgrounds get overlooked because of favoritism now that is brought up by government as Ian said but uh, you know we here uh, we want to try to be colorblind to all these things what we're trying to do is look at the effect of on people regarding freedom on their freedom to it has interact. affected my freedom. It has affected my freedom. Well, uh, that's I understand that, but what I'm saying is that that it, it uh, it's not a broad brush. There there are plenty of white people who do these things, white Protestants who do these things. Well, let it's me not, explain it's one not... thing to you, and this is right up your alley. Okay, I have gotten a number of tickets over the years, and you asked me one of you. I don't know who was. Do I hate Irish Catholics? I got a number of tickets, and every time I got a ticket. It was from an Irish Catholic state trooper. So you asked me a moment ago, did I hate Irish Catholics? And I'm going to be a man and tell, yes, I do. Well, what is because what they is, caused me a lot of misery over the what years. What is the machinery that all these different ethnicities who cause you all these all these nightmares and problems? What's the machine they use to get you? What is it? I think we've got the answer here. Government. You got it, brother. So well, I can't call your brother. Well, isn't, isn't, no, no, Scott, no, you can tell me in a moment. Isn't the problem really people, just people, not white people, not black people, not Irish Catholics, not Jews, not this, not that, but just people who want to enforce their way, inflict their way upon you without your consent? Isn't that really what the problem is? Yes, that is true as well. And I want to tell you something. I know you have other calls. So identify I where government. it's... I hate government, I hate state government, local government, and I want to leave your call as a thought, and this is very frightening. They could knock on your door, anyone's door, with some bunch of BS, some cooked-up story, and they could take you away in the middle of the night and throw you in a jail so fast it would make your head spin, all because they carry a badge and a gun. You're right about that, Scott. Thank you for the call. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. I hate what government does, but I forgive the people who do it, and I feel pity for them. 800-259-9231. I try, I try not to hate the individuals as despicable as many of their actions may hate be. Hate only hurts the herder. The hater. Hater, exactly. The herder hurts the hater. <laughs> There's more coming up here. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. We wouldn't be where we are without our amplifiers. Their $3 per month helps us spread Free Talk Live and gets them access to perks at amp.freetalklive.com. 
This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves if you dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line tonight. It's Ian with you. And Gar. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site free, including updates. You get signed up, we'll keep you in the loop. Whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live, go to updates.freetalklive.com. Get on the list free at updates.freetalklive.com. He's the enemy of the state. He's the agent of the sovereign individual. He's Tad Galahad, Freedom Engineer. The Anarcho-Capitalist Adventure Series is now complete. You can read it for free at peaceprosper.com and help Ben Woods construct Catalixia. Peaceprosper.com. Let's continue with your phone calls about what you want. Adam is in New York on the amp line. Hello. What is going on there, Adam? Good evening, gentlemen. Can you hear me okay? Yes, sir. What's on your mind tonight? Very good. Well, as you may or may not know, I recently worked on a construction project in New York City for one of the two major stadiums that was recently finished. And towards the end of the construction, I was walking around making sure things were built the right way. Um, They weren't. But uh, in general, they were okay. Spoiler alert. Yeah. I came across a a poster in the head security uh, officer's um, office, and it, it really just caught my eye. I read the thing, and I said, oh, man, this is great. So the Mets, um, the, the Mets is the, the team, obviously. Um, their head security officer posted this little 8.5 by 11 sheet of paper um, where all the security officers passed through. And uh, I'd like to read it. It's about five sentences, maybe. Sure. Um, it, it's, it's really just very good. This is um, their private security force there. It's sort of like a, uh, an, an advisement um, to all the security guards. <clears throat> Here we go. The thing is, you don't need to tell people you're the boss over and over. They know you're the boss. Don't need to go around and act in an autocratic fashion. We must make sure that our tone remains civil and non-confrontational, even in those instances when we are asking guests to modify their behavior. Our objective is to reduce the tension, not heighten a conflict. Remember, we are being watched and heard by everyone around us, not just the individual we are and everyone was in uh, all caps. This. And I just thought that was a really, you know, a really good example of what a privately funded uh, enforcement agency, you know, the kind of things they operate by, the, the guidelines they go by, their, their attitude in general towards the public. Um, you know, be, <laughs> be non-confrontational, don't escalate the situation, try and help these people or, or you know, create an aura of uh, safety around you as opposed to, Intimidation. Yeah, as opposed to intimidation and fear. Yeah, I think that's great. The conflict. Yeah, I really liked it too. It it was really. I just. I saw it and I said, "This is just so wonderful." And there was no one around. I wish I could have uh, spoken with the security guard there or something. But I just thought that was so great. It was just a. You know, it didn't need to be a big banner. It wasn't a big expensive booklet. It was an eight and a half by eleven sheet. It was posted right by the walkie-talkies where everyone could see it. That's pretty cool. Yeah, if only the uh, government police had the same kind of incentives, but they don't. You know, if, if the cops, if the security guards at the stadium are being too rough with people, word's going to get around that they're a bunch of jerks and people are going to stop going. And, you know, the amazing thing is that those guys, they get these protocols in place where they start to think that they're the ones who know everything. Nobody can question them in the government the government sphere because they're, you know, they, they have no one, they've got no competition. They're the ones that are, the, the money goes right to them. And you get, you get them doing stupid things in addition to being intimidating and bossy, wasting time. And it, it brings to mind this story of this little kid 
who's like eight years old, and for the past two years he's been on the TSA's watch list for airports, and they've been like frisking him and screening him and pulling him <laughs> aside. He's he was six when it started. It's like insanity. It's just absolutely nuts. Can you imagine if you had a private place where they, you know, parents are trying to bring their kids in to get someplace, and they kept pulling the kids aside and giving parents a hassle? If there were an alternative. They would choose something else. So, of course, they're going to give these great guidelines to private security companies to say, hey, you know what? The customer comes first. Adam, any other thoughts? That's exactly what I wanted to point out, just the stark difference uh, in the the attitude that's, that's encouraged. Between thanks. the private security force and, and what you usually see every day with the police. Yeah. I appreciate you taking the time to call in with that, and thank you so much for it. Good night. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up absolutely anything. Not to say that all of the government police are a bunch of uh, thugs. They're not. But there are plenty of them who are, and those who are are completely unaccountable even when they're caught in many cases red-handed doing things that are absolutely just awful and the most of the and most of the time when they are caught when they're caught and it a lot of times that stuff's overlooked because they're kind of on the blue team when they are caught they aren't held to the same standard that you or I would be no because they're it it it's it's like the baker gets to eat uh, the you know the baked goods for free. Well, the cops get to commit crimes for free because they're, they're the right. ones that handle the cops. And, and you know what's fascinating to me because <clears throat> I've uh, I've I've gotten some uh, posts over at, over at our website from there's a, a guy named Copernicus over there and uh, that's libertyconspiracy.com your site. Yes, sir. And uh, Glenn Jacobs and I have been answering back and forth on a number of different issues. <clears throat> and uh, what I find fascinating is that uh, it seems like people have this. Reflex. They're they're brought up in this system of looking at the government, and they they think you you have police officers, for example, and they think that police officers or or politicians swearing an oath to uphold the law or uphold the constitution somehow that's some sort of attenuating force um, that is a, a beneficial force that will will work better than people actually. Using their own money. You mean so, the Constitution is better than? Uh, yeah, yeah. The, that somehow, yeah, you create this constitutional system and wow. a government that's created with less addressability than the marketplace, with a bunch of pieces of paper, where you're constantly having this revolving door of well, people Garth, being voted they've in. Well, Garth, they sworn an oath. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's 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 very strange, you know. And it takes a while to sort of move from uh, sort of being sometimes a, a small government, traditional small government Lockean type person. Uh, you may be con- old old style conservative or small government libertarian to sort of say, you know, wait a minute, I need to question just the very idea of saying that that system is a better system than people actually having addressability by choosing their own way. Well, look what happens when a man who is on the inside of that system questions that system. Yeah, Our buddy pieces- Brad Jardis yeah. uh, here in New Hampshire, he's one of the few law enforcement against prohibition members who's actually an out-of-the-closet, as in he's out against the war on drugs. Not that he's a gay man. Uh, pretty sure he's straight. But nonetheless, and, and uh, he- this weekend is a big one for him. <laughs> Just, just, yeah, well, yeah. right. This, well, what happened recently was he was attacked by his own department because he's a member of law enforcement against prohibition, and it came out publicly what police department he was a member of. For a while, he was kind of keeping that under wraps and kind of trying to keep that quiet because he was concerned about what the ramifications might be, and for good reason. They, they were, came after they his ass. Yeah, they, they went after him after it came out that he was working for the Epping Police Department in New Hampshire, and they started trying to uh, – to, 
essentially have him fired. Yeah. At the termination hearing, about 50-plus liberty activists showed up to support him as a result of that outpouring of support. He uh, was essentially kept on board because I, I can guarantee you that those selectmen would have followed the police chief's recommendation to terminate Brad had no one else shown up to that hearing. If, if it was just Brad sitting in a room with the police chief and the lieutenant and they were talking about how awful Brad was and this and that. And, of course, Brad is he's a fine police officer. He's been on the force for over 10 years. And they brought up a couple of little things that he did, you know, nine years ago when he was a rookie or whatever, when they, or at least in the very few first few years of his uh, of his career. Well, everybody is going to have something that you can question about what they do. So, I mean, you know, they they did that. But, but the, the point is, is that. They would have never done that to any other police officer. They no went after way. him because of his yes. stance on prohibi- prohibition. And, and if you look at the the sheer volume of laws that the police are upholding without questioning them the way that Brad does, the drug laws, prostitution laws, all these different types of things that are strictly, clearly prohibited by certain provisions of the United States Constitution and others, it makes you start to question well, do those provisions on that written piece of paper really hold these people back, or is there a different way that we can get addressability out of these guys, like private security systems? At the very least, volunteer uh, volunteerizing the funding would uh, would solve a lot right there. But yeah, private security is really the next step beyond that, where you actually have competition in the marketplace. There's a uh, number here for you. It's 800-259-9231. The good news about Brad Jardis is he was vindicated. He's back on duty. After they went after him and they tried to attack him, they tried to uh, get him fired, he is back on duty. So it's a major success for any police officer out there who's considering also coming out against the war on drugs. More coming up, Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line tonight. It's Ian with you. And guard. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Of course, there's a lot to talk about your calls being the primary element. Uh, We've been talking about the police, specifically what happens when a cop tries to do the right thing inside a system in which corruption is pretty much the accepted rule. Wherein police that are caught red-handed doing, uh, obviously breaking their own rules, are slapped on the hand at the in the many of the worst cases and reassigned to a desk job and then later on reassigned back out into the streets. Or in some cases, they'll be fired from one department only to be hired by another department. So even when it looks like they've done something like fired the guy... Just keep an eye out because odds are good he's going to turn up at another department somewhere else in the state. I don't have the story in front of me, but there was a the agitator. I believe it's dot com, but anyway, uh, Radley Balco's the agitator blog had a rundown of a particular bad cop in West Virginia that just kept getting fired for various different abuses. I mean, you've got to really do something bad to get fired from a police department because we've seen so many stories where cops will beat people and, you know, burn down somebody's house and shoot a dog or whatever, and uh, nothing will happen to them. So you really have to do something egregious in order to get fired, but just just kept on coming back, just kept getting rehired. It uh, was absolutely amazing. But I've got a, a police story that's related here because it gives you a real great example of how it is that... They just kind of, uh, the the thin blue line, as it's called, closes around its ranks, and they have what they call professional courtesy, which is when a cop breaks the law, 
and gets caught by another cop in the act of breaking their their rules, they just look the other way. And they call it professional courtesy. So the most frequently uh, found example of this would be, for instance, you'll see a cop parked at a parking in a parking space with a parking meter expired. The parking uh, woman will walk right by or the parking ma- meter maid will walk right by and completely ignore the cop car. Or they'll speed without their lights on and they just, you know, or they'll go through They'll turn their lights on just to get through a light and then they'll just cruise on their merry old way. I, I th- one of my favorites was um, you know, a, a stop sign where uh, this was a television station, the local television station to this it was a stop sign where people would often roll through it for whatever reason it was just one of those stop signs that people roll through and uh they put up a camera and caught several police uh you know several police officers rolling through this stop sign but this was the same place where cops would sit and catch people for rolling through the stop sign and you know these they are they're the same they just give out tickets and it's you know, if they do the same stuff, they should face the same punishments. And the fact is, they don't. The toll-free number here, 800-259-9231. So here's an example of professional courtesy. This one apparently was actually caught on video. I haven't taken the time to, to watch the footage, but if William Grigg is reporting on it, I trust his word. Uh, William Grigg over at LouRockwell.com, he is like the go-to guy on the Internet for all kinds of cop badness. Here's the story. Christine Finney of North Charleston, South Carolina, apparently had a bit too much to drink last Christmas Eve. After a cop spotted her driving 65 miles an hour in a 40-mile-per-hour zone, Finney led several officers on a fairly lengthy chase, driving onto the median in order to pass several cars before finally pulling over. Hmm. It's pretty dangerous right there yeah that's that's pretty bad behavior i would think that the that the person in there not only would get a terrible uh, you know a big big old fine some taken off to jail but uh, you would Eluding think arrest you would think that that person would probably get a, a bit of a beating you know they're running away if the, the evidence is that i've if seen you the, see foot, the, the footage, where they the beat footage people. yeah where somebody does this they drag them out of the car they they put their knee right in the middle of their back they they yank their arms up behind them they they do some pretty rough stuff mm-hmm. So, so what happened? Tell, well, tell, tell me about the beating. Despite her reckless driving, glassy-eyed appearance, and foul-mouthed refusal to cooperate with the officers, Miss Finney was not tasered, beaten with a flashlight, or threatened with a firearm. She wasn't even required to undergo a breathalyzer test. Oh. Huh. Now, how many of us would have gotten away with that? She was, though, briefly handcuffed, but eventually permitted to go home rather than spending the night in jail. So they let this person, who <laughs> clearly uh, showed this dangerous behavior, get back out on the road. Right. The relatively delicate treatment extended to the 41-year-old woman was an act of professional courtesy. The truculent suspected drunk is an eight-year veteran police officer married to Lieutenant Tony Finney of the North Charleston Police. As documented in video record of, an in- of the incident, Finney was astonished that her comrades in blue didn't simply give her a free pass. So the way they treated her <laughs> wasn't good enough for this woman. She was outraged at how she was treated by these police who briefly handcuffed her, had a chat with her, and let her go. Whereas the rest of us would have ended up in a cage if not beaten to, you know, beaten to it, it, death. Oh, I can't even imagine what the uh, fine would be for this, this kind of behavior. Uh, she said, I'm a police officer and I've been doing this for eight years. 
Anthony harangues Dorchester County Sheriff's Deputy Mike Files. I've been doing the, oh, excuse me, it's Files. I've been doing this for 15 years, and you have no excuse for the way you were driving, said Files. As Files attempted to arrest, which is about as mean as they got to her, uh, as Files attempted to arrest Finney, the off-duty female officer put up a fight. You threw my head on the ground for what? She's heard to exclaim at one point. I'm a cop. I'm a police officer. During the brief scuffle, Finney's lip was bloodied, prompting her to name drop her husband, smugly warning that he's going to love it when you get sued for an effing fat lip. Wow. Had Finney been a mundane who put up a similar struggle, you know, like one of the rest of us, a bloody lip would have been the least of her problems. She's now uh, she is informed at one point that she's being arrested for resisting arrest. But guess what? That charge was never filed and she was permitted to leave. Despite her favorable treatment, Finney believed she was entitled to even greater deference from her fellow tax eaters. You know, I pull over people for driving 100 miles an hour. You know what they say? I'm a narcotics officer in an unmarked vehicle. Great. Well, slow it down. Have a good night, she informs the deputy. As long as they show a badge, I don't care. Great. Um, I, I, were these narcotics officers driving in the median? I mean, this one was passing cars in the median. And, and you know, there is something to be said for. I, I know a guy who works in the uh, in the corrections field, and man, you know, on the other side of it, the way that the system, the administrative system, screws these guys up. They've got this guy in charge of what he's doing now, doesn't know anything about what he's doing. This guy's life is often in danger because he's dealing with prisoners who are you know, very dangerous people, and he's trying to do his job. And, and what happens is the feeling, I think, that, that, that can come in, a, in a, a, a law enforcement officer's mind is, look at the stuff we have to deal with. You know, they'll remember those really dangerous times, mm-hmm. not the bulk of the monotony being or, you know, hanging around, but those dangerous times, that's some scary stuff. So they're there, and then when something like this happens, they say, and, you know, who am I? I'm one of them. And they begin to identify with each other more and more. You get that thin blue line of, of you know, everybody's in the, in the police force helping each other out because they think of these dangerous situations. And oftentimes... On the other side of it, you know, these guys who are trying to do what they, if let's say they get into the profession because they want to really try to uphold something in their community, they're seeing their system, you know, pulled out from underneath them. So it causes all sorts of problems, even for those people who are trying to work to do a good job. So the, the way the government system runs, it's, it answers to political things rather than, than their demands and their right. needs and things well, like that. You, you have to ask yourself, why did these police officers um, that, that uh, were you know, briefly detained this woman, um, why did they choose not to arrest her when she was – they clearly knew she was dangerous. Why did they choose not to do that? I mean maybe the reason is because is they're on her side. Mm-hmm. Maybe the reason is they're scared S-less. <laughs> I mean, scared of her husband, her husband or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You see, like, you don't know this. This is the, the lieutenant is the um, administration. He's getting into that that realm. And these guys careers could could really be ruined yeah. by, um, you know, messing with this lady. I think she got off very, very light. Mm-hmm. But that's just my opinion as one of the lowly uh, serfs that has to support this organization of knights. And um, mm-hmm. what my opinion is really did, they could care less. Uh, there's there's no feedback uh, mechanism. The feedback mechanism is 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 broken if there is one. So they don't they don't care what I have to say. But they you know th- these guys just as likely as they they loved you know they they wanted this woman to be safe because she's a cop. Just as likely as that they were scared to death. Oh, absolutely. I mean that's what cops will tell you. The ones that 
are against the war on drugs personally, they'll tell you that the reason why, if they're being honest, they'll tell you the reason why they won't uh, they won't come out and come out of the closet and be against the war on drugs publicly is because they're scared of what the the department will do. They've got a career. They've got a family. They're expecting a paycheck. They've got a mortgage to pay. They've got car payments to make. You know, they're, they this is their career, and they they don't want to jeopardize it, and they feel like it's going to be in jeopardy if they come out. And in many cases, they're probably absolutely right. I mean, oh, they yeah. went after Brad Jardis. If Brad Jardis didn't have the Liberty community, the Liberty activist community here in New Hampshire standing by him, I'm, I guarantee you he would have lost his job for being against the war on drugs. More coming up. You can bring up anything. Hour twos on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Uh, we're going to continue here. Uh, we're going to get back, hopefully, to the fleeting expletive thing. I promised that we'd get back to that issue. We didn't really have a chance to dig into it too uh, too deep. But before we do that, I want to update uh, our listeners on something that we talked about on Saturday night. The show opened up with a phone call from a liberty activist in Manchester. Now, for those of you that uh, that may be new to the program, Mark and myself were members of the Free State Project. We moved here to New Hampshire. Guard, you're a New Hampshire native. So you just got to stay here, which is nice. nice. Uh, we made the move across the country to come here to New Hampshire in order to get active for liberty. And hundreds of others have, have come here as well. Uh, thousands more are going to be coming to New Hampshire. And so some of these early movers, some of the hundred early movers, have been engaged in uh, just this last year, the end of 2009, in the late summer and, and, and uh, early part of fall, there were some daily cannabis 420 celebrations going on. So at 420 in the afternoon, they would gather at a local park and uh, they would smoke cannabis. We, I mean, I, when I say we, I mean me and them because I was participating as well. Uh, Mark, I, don't, I, I think you maybe came out for one. I don't think you participated. No, I did not participate. I, but, I came out to see what all the hubbub was about. Yeah, uh, and it was fairly successful. I mean, it was more successful than I dreamed it as being. And I'd always thought this was something that was going to happen here in New Hampshire yeah. because... A lot of liberty-minded people are very strong on ending the war on drugs, and it just seemed to be an inevitable thing that there had to be some cannabis, mass cannabis civil disobedience that happened. It started here in Keene. Uh, it went on for weeks 
where people were going down there every single day at 4.20 in the afternoon and smoking cannabis. There were only a couple of times when the cops actually interfered and arrested a, a couple of people, and it was on the first arrest where people went to a police station and smoked out behind the police station, all sitting in a circle and blocking the police from being able to come, come or go from their station and kind of made a, a bit of an impact there. The next day they arrested somebody else. Uh, the activists then, the cannabis smokers, because some of them are just regular folks. They, they don't really have any other activist creds besides this. Uh, they all went to the same police station and went inside this time and smoked up in the, the police station lobby, right in <laughs> front of the, the windows and everything. And they didn't do anything. They didn't even send a cop out into the lobby the entire time. They just they smoked up in the lobby, and that was the last we saw of the police for weeks until the Pumpkin Fest, which is a big event that they have here in Keene, New Hampshire. And the the police had announced that they were going to do a crackdown on the uh, the cannabis smoking, and the cannabis uh, activists came back out. And indeed, there was a crackdown, and there were three arrests made uh, for cannabis and three other arrests for trespassing. Of course, nobody was actually harming anybody else, and trespassing was because three guys walked into a, a government building with an unlocked door, the city hall. Mm. They walked into the front door of the city hall building and were arrested. So that was the extent of the arrests. Five arrests over mm, six weeks, something like that. For the most part, the police completely left uh, the, the, the 420s alone. In Manchester, where they also started doing this, they started doing the 420 thing. Inspired by what had happened here, they were doing pretty much the exact same thing, maybe a little smaller of a turnout there. Nonetheless, they were completely ignored by Manchester police. They might have driven by a few times, but the the, the cops never actually even came up and arrested anybody in Manchester until this weekend. There hadn't been any uh, cannabis celebrations going on since November. That's when they officially came to an end. But what happened on Saturday was there was a Pork 411 that went out. Uh, this is kind of this uh, little phone message notice that goes out to hundreds of subscribers. This message went out announcing that since it was such a nice day, the sun was out, it was in the 40s, and for the wintertime, that's nice for uh, for New Hampshire. So because it was such a nice day, the folks in Manchester were going to do an impromptu 420 celebration. Right. They went out at 420, and they were smoking, and as they were smoking, a couple of undercover cops walked up and basically told them they were all being detained, illegally searched them, and then went and arrested one uh, found some i guess uh, some cannabis on one of them Brian they arrested him then they continued to harass and interrogate uh, or at least attempt to interrogate the uh, the other folks that were there and at one point they told one of the guys big mike that he could leave it's all right you, we're done with you you can leave and there's video footage of this happening at freekeen.com you can see this footage big mike gets up they're surrounded by the police. Yeah, the, the cops are everywhere in this, and there's a small space between the police officers, so he slips out. I, I'd say that it's probably I'm, – I'm, I'm making up a, a, a distance here, and I'm going to say that's about two feet between uh, the officers. So he even turns to the side as he's slipping out in right, order just to, a little bit. to lower and, his profile. And you know, the, the video isn't the greatest. I watched it. A half a dozen times today, this one spot over and over just to decide what I was seeing because I was outraged when I saw it the first time and I wanted to make sure that I understood what I was looking at and what I believe that I see in this video and you're going to have to go and look for yourself at freekeen.com this video and decide what you say what you see. But what I see here is that that officer put his arm out as um, Big Mike was sliding past, you know, walking past and 
touched him mm. with his elbow. Mm. And then the officer decided to call that assault. Yes. Now, oh, um, first off, if it was assault, then why didn't they charge him with assault on a law enforcement I believe they officer? are, aren't they? I don't think so. Well, we don't know yet it's because my, the, he hasn't identified is, himself. The charge is simple assault at this point. Really? I haven't heard this anything about that. This is punishment for asking questions, okay? I, I haven't heard anything about it being I heard assault. out of Brian Manning's mouth. That's, okay. what, that, that's what he said. All right. Um, uh, doing a little investigative uh, that's r- good. reporting here. Um, so, um, that, you know, they, 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 they took him away and, and, you know, handcuffed him. And obviously he's going to, you know, make it worse on himself by not giving his name and all that other stuff. Um, that other stuff, but it was clear that you know to me that they want they want that this officer this officer had a chip on his shoulder the whole time. This was it, a cop trick. This to me seemed to be pre-planned. It seemed to me to be something they've done before. Like, all right, well, we know how to get these guys. Right. We'll just surround right. them and then tell them they can leave. And when they try to walk through us, we'll charge them with assault. And not to mention what I think that they want to do because when I watched this, I was outraged. Um, I was very upset at what I saw, and I think what they want to do is they want us to get a liberty activist to act out, to like, lash out, right, right, violently. Yeah, sure. I mean, when I saw this, what I saw was the kidnapping of somebody by some uh, rogue cops. Yeah, and I I think that it is it would not be an immoral stand, an unwise stand, but not an immoral stand to attempt to extricate that person from these people's grasp and um you know do whatever it took to take to get him out. Um, so. You know, I don't think that would be. I, you know, that's that's how I felt when I saw this, and that's what they want. They want to act badly. They so want the same to do something. They shoot dogs and right, things like they that. They want to do something that's honestly unlawful and immoral. The and guy they turns want around him to react. That way, they have the excuse of beating the crap out of him and and charging him with a big old charge. As soon as he brushes up against the cop, as he's walking through them, because he has, if he's going to leave the area, he has to go through the cops. Basically, I mean, he could, I suppose, jump the fence, but. Not very likely that you're going to think of that. So he, he walks between the two cops. He turns to the side to lower his profile as much as possible, obviously not intending to you know jostle the police on purpose. He turns to the side, apparently accidentally brushes up against the cop. The cop immediately turns and grabs him by the arm. It was so smooth and fluid on the cop's part, it wasn't it was like the cop practiced. was surprised. And, and it, it's Yeah, it seemed like the cop knew exactly what he was going to and do. And how, how can you be free to go if you've got a cordon of police officers around you who won't step aside to allow you to leave? That's the trick, right? You're right. free to go. Now walk through us. Right. Yeah, That's what happens. So, I mean, what would have sense. happened if Big Mike, uh, you know, like walked up and, and Big know, Mike isn't big. So no, he's not. It's, it's silly. Um, it's a silly nickname. But if Big Mike had, uh, you know, walked up there and sort of, uh, you know, stood there and waited, I'm waiting for you people to get out of my way. Yeah. You think that would have gone particularly well? You know, <laughs> interfering with police business. You know, this is this is like you said, this was a cop trick. This is an immoral and unlawful act by this police officer. And quite honestly, the rest of his friends should have arrested him for doing it. Yeah, well, they didn't. They don't don't do that that crap. Right. So so I just want to let folks know that video is up at Freekeen. It's called Big Mike Arrested Raw Video. It's a few articles down. The top story at Freekeen right now is a written uh, account. From Joe, the guy that called the show on Saturday night, a written account of what went down on Saturday. So even more detail yeah. has been posted. Law enforcement is a team sport, and whether you vote for the other for the blue team or not, as far as they're concerned, you're on the other team. The toll-free number here is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything and take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. 
Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Use the coupon code FTL, that's FTL is in Free Talk Live, and sign up at HostGator.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at HostGator.com host you. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Garth. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And those features, by the way, include our... Shrine of Female Listeners, the dozens of ladies that have taken the time to send us their validated photo or picture, or rather, not photo or picture, but photo or video, uh, showing they are indeed listeners of the program. You can see them, and if you are a lady listener, become a Shriner at Shrine.FreeTalkLive.com. That's Shrine.FreeTalkLive.com, brought to you by Manchester Brewing at ManchesterBrewing.com, where their prayer warriors are standing by 24-7, ready to intercede with Lord Elvis on your behalf. ManchesterBrewing.com. So we were telling you uh, a moment a moment ago about the latest on the Big Mike slash Brian uh, Manning arrest situation. A couple of activists arrested here in New Hampshire uh, at the 420 celebration that happened spontaneously over the weekend. There was a, a message that went out to the activists on Saturday announcing that folks were going to be doing a 420 out in Manchester. They were going to go out and smoke cannabis in public, as has been done so many times. And the Manchester police up until this weekend had left them alone. This time... They had two undercover cops on the scene. They came up, detained people. Five other cops showed up in uniform. Apparently, the whole Manchester PD, is what it sounds like at the time, was uh, was all there at the park to deal with these evil pot-smoking activists. And the video footage of one of the arrests is up at freekeen.com, but there's more to the story. So after that, as we found out Saturday night, the activists then went to the jail. They put together a collection to bail one of the uh, the activists out. And some people agree with this tactic and some people don't. It really just depends on what the person who's in jail wants, and hopefully they've expressed that in advance. For instance, uh, Big Mike, I don't think, would want to be bailed out. He wants to be in there, and that, the reason... You, know, you can tell that he's not even giving his name to the police, so you couldn't even bail him out if you wanted to, basically, at, at this point. Uh, but they did put a collection together to get Brian out. That happened. Brad Jardis from Law Enforcement Against Prohibition went down to the jail. So at the smokeout at 420, they only had about six people. At the jail, they had about 12 or 15 people show oh, up wow. uh, to, to wait to help get their friend out of jail. So what you, what you can see happening here is when the aggression happens on the part of the state around here, where we are here in New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, surrounded by other like-minded activists, this is the way it happens. These folks were just out smoking pot, not hurting anybody. The cops come up, aggress against them, arrest two people. The number, the numbers at least double, go to 12 people. The numbers of activists go from six on the scene to 12 at the jail. But it didn't stop there because it was at that point that folks decided the Rich Paul, uh, who's one of the, the guys that originally started the cannabis celebrations out here in Keene, he calls up to the the uh, the pork 411 message line and leaves an announcement saying. And I think he called the next day on Sunday this past weekend. He calls up and says, all right, well, we're going to do it out in Keene now because they wanted to start something. The cops wanted to – it would have gone away 
if they had just ignored the, the smoke out on Saturday, that would have been the end of it. But now that they've aggressed against the activists, now the 420 events are going to be back on. They're not every day, but they're back on. So so this weekend on Sunday, he makes an announcement over Port 411 and says, hey, we're doing this 420 in the afternoon. This afternoon, people are coming over from Manchester to Keene to join in. Find all the potheads you can. Bring them out here to the uh, the circle, the pot smokers that you can. Bring them. Not, I guess they're not all heads. Anyway, you bring them all out to uh, the Central Square in Keene. We had 36 people at least out in the the uh, on a 40 degree day. Still pretty cold. We had 30 plus people. 40 degrees people. in the winter in New Hampshire is balmy. The girls were out in their bikinis laying out of the snow. Nah, I mean, that's <laughs> exaggerating. But it was it was that we had dozens of people show up on a moment's notice, literally hours' notice. Dozens of people came out. There was a massive smokeout here in Keene. The cops drove by a few times. They didn't even bother stopping to get out. So so that's not even where it's going to end. There's more. Uh, there was discussion this weekend that on the one-week anniversary of the arrest, which is this Saturday, folks are going to be gathering in Manchester again at a different Perfect. park this time because the first park, the guy that was arrested, Brian, was prohibited uh, by, by bail terms from going back to that park. So they're just going to go to another park. <laughs> so they've picked Dumb a different park. Terms. I don't remember which one it is, Victory or something like that, Victory Park in Manchester, where they're going to try to gather more people this time. And I know that folks from Keene are going out there. I'm going to try to get a ride out there myself. For me, this is worth the trip out to uh, to the to the center of the state. Uh, but people are going to go out to Manchester this Saturday. They're going to have a bigger group this time and, and essentially throw down and challenge the police again. So if the police hadn't aggressed against them, then this wouldn't be going on. Everybody would be staying home. It'd be the wintertime. It'd be no big deal. But now it's going to be back on, and it's going to become a, a likely a weekly event at this point. Even during the wintertime, the, the Cannabis 420 celebrations are back in New Hampshire thanks to the police arresting a couple guys for smoking pot. And isn't it fascinating the way some of the local people might look at it to say, will you look at how much money is being wasted by you going out doing this yeah you're wasting the money yeah, right right you're it's just not looking at the actual predicate of the whole thing which is the immoral government action to prohibit this peaceful activity yeah, I, yeah, I, I wonder uh, that that particular point because, as far as I'm concerned, everybody has responsibilities in this. Um, the people that are going out and doing it no want, to, you know, want to get arrested, so they know that that's going to happen. Um, I so, uh, talked to Brian Manning this weekend. He did not necessarily not that, want to no, get arrested. Right. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not talking about that particular instance. But he knows it, it's a possibility, though. You you're know, talking, it's a possibility when you do right. This. You're talking when you're going out this weekend. It's you said yeah. challenge the police, and I think that that's exactly what it is. And yeah. So the chances are very good that people are going to get arrested. And I think that that is the intention is there to, among other things, waste taxpayer money. But I think that the taxpayers are responsible for paying their money into the system to have these guys, um, you know, enforce these laws. I think the cops are responsible for enforcing these laws. I think the politicians are responsible for enacting these laws that that aggress against no one or, you know, that, that aggress against peaceful people. Yeah. So I think everybody's responsible and to lay the blame just at the door at the activists is, well, that's not fair. Let's go to Kurt in New Hampshire. Kurt, you're on Free Talk Live, the Engard and Mark. Hey, guys. Hey, uh, thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. Uh, great show again tonight. Um, I just want to uh, steal the opportunity from you guys to pass the uh, word for any of those who wants to uh, call the jail up in uh, Hillsborough County House of quote-unquote corrections. It's uh, area code 603-627-5620. Uh, 603-627-5620. 
62730. Uh, was that six? You cut out a bit. Was that 62730620? Yeah, 6275620. Oh, 5620. Uh, Yep, okay. 603 You know what we need is a place that people can go to get that information because it's hard for people to write that stuff yep. down when they're listening to the yeah. radio. And I don't know if Jailed Activist has it. Sometimes they do. I'll have to check that out here. But go ahead with your other thoughts tonight, Kurt. Well, I just wanted to uh, just keep putting out there. As far as I know, I did just get a – I did just call the jail a little while ago. Uh, they say that uh, he – they do say that uh, he's eating. I spoke with an officer, Kassan. Uh, who actually I remember when I was in there, uh, he was probably one of the less bad ones, and he was probably the least bad one I've talked to. And then I talked with O'Malley down in Booking, who was, well, your typical peckerhead, uh, you know, wouldn't answer any questions. Um, and, uh, you know, it's very polite when I called, but I just, you know, I, I frankly, I'd like to call until these guys puke because uh, of the whole operation. And, you know, that's just to be quite honest. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Kurt. We uh, we got to move on here, but I appreciate hearing from you tonight. In fact, I was checking the usual websites. Jailed activist and mail to jail don't have info on uh, Big Mike yet, so we got to get uh, we got to get in touch with the the webmasters there and get that info up there. Get those phone numbers up uh, so people can call and, and help out from the outside and send mail to uh, to Big Mike because who knows how long he's going to be in there. He's not given his name. He could be in for the rest of his life. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. Ian Gar And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you all the features for free. So enjoy those on us and freetalklive.com. Features including our Facebook profile. You can go and become a fan at facebook.freetalklive.com. That's facebook.freetalklive.com. And what if you found out that the best liberty activists from around the world were all moving to the same place in order to achieve liberty in their lifetimes? Would you want to join them? It's happening, and you can be a part of it. Join the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. And we've been talking about some of the the recent free state activities happening here uh, in New Hampshire just in the last few days. Uh, The 420 celebrations have ramped up again after the police aggressed against a couple of uh, liberty lovers who were smoking some cannabis publicly in a park over the weekend that resulted in an explosion of activity over 30 people coming out to smoke up the next day in another park uh, elsewhere in the state and now more uh, cannabis celebrations scheduled for the, this coming weekend uh, things are going to get very interesting and we'll continue to uh, to bring you the news on that as it develops but there's more to the movement up here than just civil disobedience there's a lot of uh, political action that's happening i know there are a number of New pieces of legislation the folks over at the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance are getting active on. There's a, a day in which they're inviting people up to the state house where there's some marijuana decriminalization bills being looked Wednesday. at. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of stuff uh, being looked at, I think. I forget what some of the other things were that were uh, that were in there. but 
Um, it was there. They were trying to repeal the LLC tax, which kind of got uh, pushed through and sort of one of these backdoor dark of night uh, situations. Um, there's, uh, you know, uh, yeah, there's a mar- marijuana legalization, marijuana decriminalization. So know, several other lots of opportunity to get active in various different ways up here. So go on over to freestateproject.org to learn more and get on board. That's Free State Project. Dot org. As we continue here, we'll take uh, your phone calls about anything. Otherwise, we come back to the issue that I, I said we were going to get to about fleeting expletives. And we were talking about how uh, the you know the radio business is yeah, fairly tightly controlled by the federal government. You have to be in the uh, fairly wealthy uh, category in order to even get a radio license in this country. And then once you've gotten a license from the FCC, then you are beholden to all of its rules. You're beholden to its reporting regulations, its continued fees, because the fees, they don't end after you get your your, your license. You then have yeah. yearly fees that you have to pay. And there's renewals and there's all kinds of mandates. Stupid and paperwork and lots of that. Yeah, yeah, lots of that. Lots of that stuff. And then there's also content regulation. And content regulation has become a little more strict recently with the advent of the fleeting expletive policy, which says that if a broadcaster allows a single curse word on live television or radio, then they could be charged over three over $300,000, $325,000 for one instance of this. The good news is, and there is a little bit of good news here, and we do like sharing good news when we can on this program, from the Associated Press. A federal appeals court seemed poised on Wednesday to toss out a government policy that can lead to broadcasters being fined for allowing even a single curse word on live television, with and radios included, but they're talking about TV here, uh, with three judges hearing arguments sometimes mocking the government's position. All three judges on a panel of the Second U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals in Manhattan kept a government lawyer on the defensive with dozens of questions suggesting that the current policy violates the First Amendment. The judges then reserved decision. Attorney Jacob Lewis for the FCC said the policy was designed to protect children. Judge Pierre Laval responded by saying, what are you protecting children from? Judge Peter Hall questioned how children are able to discern the difference when the FCC allows broadcasters more latitude in news coverage should a profanity or sexual reference slip out. Judge Rosemary Pooler said she understood broadcasters' argument that the policy and the threats of fines would have a chilling effect on live coverage of events where someone might let a profanity slip out. You know what a good lawyer would say, if in doubt, don't run it, she said, and that's the chill. In 2004, the yeah, F- that's absolutely what they what they're going to say. Yeah. When the, the the Clear Channel policy after the uh, if after in doubt, leave it out. When in doubt, uh-huh. leave it out. Exactly. Uh, in 2004, the FCC adopted a policy that profanity referring to sex or excrement is always indecent. The policy was put in place after a January 2003 NBC broadcast of the Golden Globes Awards show in which U2 lead singer Bono under uh, uttered the phrase. I know it's supposed to be Bono. But, Uttered the phrase effing brilliant. The FCC said the F word in any context inherently has a sexual connotation and can lead to enforcement. Fox television stations owned by, which is why, Mark, I told you the other day when uh, Ms. Uh, the, the lovely lady we had from Savannah Last Biscuit uttered a hole on the air. I told you that it did not have any sexual connotation whatsoever in the way that she uh, the way that she said it. I guess it doesn't really matter what I think. What matters is what the FCC thinks. Indeed. Nonetheless, the FCC doesn't believe the F word at all can ever be used when in any way that does not have sexual connotation. 
And so, therefore, we'll hit you with a $325,000 fine. Fox television stations owned by News Corp and other networks challenged the policy in 2006 after the FCC cited the use of profanity during awards programs that were aired in 2003 and 2002. They also found its ban was violated in 2002 of the Billboard Music Awards in which Cher used the phrase "effem." And a December 10th, uh, 2003 award show in which reality st- uh, show star Nicole Richie said, have you ever tried to get cow S out of a Prada purse? It's not so effing simple. The arguments Wednesday occurred after the fight. Which is, you know, words of wisdom. It's true. I mean, it's, you know, it's true. The arguments Wednesday occurred after the fight between the broadcast networks and the FCC was returned to the appeals court in November by the Supreme Court, which had decided a narrower point of law, leaving the judges free to decide the policy's constitutionality. Laval repeatedly questioned what the fuss at the FCC was about, saying sex has been a primary preoccupation of people and of literature forever, and that the FCC seemed obsessed with single utterances and arguably trivial indecent uses. Yeah, and, and this is this is hilarious about it. It's it's um you know it's all about these words and you know their their offensiveness, and I agree they're offensive, and I, I don't think that they're the best way to get across your message or whatever. Um, I do think that uh, there there are times for the utterances of these words but you know by and large i think that it's it's not the way to go about getting your message across but you know the, the violence that they put on television and then they don't want people to say the f word it's well, just so silly and, and this is this is really how many angels can dance on the head of a pin because all of this stuff is really not germane to the real point it's all people arguing as you know how do you want to drown as the titanic sinks you know, it's like, look, guess what? You're operating under a system that causes these problems. We talked about the, the tragedy of the commons before. Mm-hmm. If the airwaves are commonly owned and the government does this, the government creates common ownership, well, they're your airwaves, they, they claim. They're your airwaves. Oh, really? I didn't know I owned the stinking license. Really? I didn't yeah. know that I had invested all the money to put all that power behind actually broadcasting something and trying to get into business. I didn't know they were my airwaves. They're not my stinking airwaves. They're my airwaves if I buy the property. You can create a property paradigm for these airwaves. And the way these guys have done it, they started very, very early on with what was called the Federal Radio Commission. And of all people, guess who was in charge of the Federal Radio Commission? Um, wasn't it Roosevelt, Teddy Roosevelt? No, it was uh, it was uh, Herbert Hoover. Oh, interesting. Before he became president, and Hoover had a lot of friends in companies that invested in radio stations. Amazingly, mm-hmm. so guess what happened to the development of television? Well, it was stifled. <laughs> it was delayed by years because yep. these guys weren't ready to try to get their uh, television licenses, and they thought that they – well, to start up television businesses. And all of this stuff happens. So you get all these arguments of, well, you know, I don't like bad language. Okay, I don't like uh, violence. Yeah. Well, you know, who cares what you like and what you don't like? The point is that the market will winnow things out and bring things forward, allow people to – be free. So don't, you know, you hear people arguing on the radio like, well, this is this, you know, I, I don't mind foul language, but I don't like to see sex. And then somebody else will call, I don't mind seeing sex, but I don't want to see violence. It's like, come on, let's 
get real and talk about what we should mind, which is real people infringing on your right to freely contract with other people and say what you want to say or show what you want to say to other people. Now, these judges aren't going to do the right thing and abolish the FCC, yeah. but they uh, are certainly on the right track here, and it's rare when you see this out of a courtroom in America, so we'll uh, share a few more of their quotes here in a moment, and you can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. Talk Live, you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. Dan Gard. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. You like the show? You want to help support Free Talk Live? You can do that. By going to amp.freetalklive.com, becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for as little as three bucks a month. We will take that money in and reinvest it into the show, getting on more radio stations across the country, bringing more internet listeners on board, exposing new people to the ideas of freedom. And you'll get perks too, like access to the amp only call in lines, amp only forum, and more. Get all the details. At amp.freetalklive.com. And if you're uh, looking to do to install new knobs and pulls to sort of freshen up the look of your kitchen or bathrooms, well, go look at the knobs and pulls that they have at the big box stores. Go look at the ones at the specialty stores. Find the ones that you want. And then go to innerknobs.com because they have the best prices there. They have wholesale prices available to the public. And if you use code FTLs in Free Talk Live, um, they have an additional percentage. You get 11% off, uh, you know, for being a listener of Free Talk Live. And on top of that, they also have a closeout section. So if you're a little flexible on what they might look like, you can get between 50 and 80% off. Ridiculously low prices, as the as they were described to me by Pete from uh, Interknobs.com. So go there, and you'll get the if you use the discount code, you get 11% off those already low prices. It's Interknobs.com. Toll-free number 800-259-9231. So uh, we're going to continue the story about how a panel of judges from the Second U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals is giving the FCC a hard time over their fleeting expletives policy. Uh, Fox Broadcasting and some of the other uh, major broadcasters out there brought a case back in 2006. It went up to the Supreme Court. They kind of kicked it back down to uh, the appeals court level and are going to allow the appeals court to rule on the constitutionality of the uh, fleeting expletive ban that the FCC has, wherein if a radio station, television station, broadcast station allows the F word or one of the other naughty words uh, to go out over the air, that they will find them $325,000. And for once, and it's very rare that these judges will do the right thing, but for once it looks like they may be inclined to do the right thing. Now, to be fair, they haven't actually done anything yet, but hold a hearing and question the FCC. But based on some of the questions they were asking, uh, you know, it looks like it might be all right. So let me share some of those with you here. The three judges kept a government lawyer on the defensive, according to the Associated Press. One of the judges, Laval, repeatedly questioned what the fuss was all about at the FCC, saying sex has been a primary preoccupation of people and of literature forever, and that the FCC seemed obsessed with single utterances and arguably trivial indecent uses. He questioned whether Hamlet could be performed on television. Then he recited from memory a portion of the play after which Hamlet's mother married Hamlet's uncle soon after Hamlet's father's death. Laval said the FCC's rules seem so vague that broadcasters had an impossible task. He said, you know, and, and that is a very, very important point. 
they don't give you any guidance. The only guidance that they give as far as is, is if it could be offensive to the community at large or something like yeah, that. And it's absolutely ridiculous. So now I have to figure out what could be offensive. And that's ludicrous. Yeah. Hey, if you're going to give rules, please, let's have some nice, firm, fast rules that we can all follow. You can't say this word, this word, this word, this word. They're effing offensive you know, or whatever. I just need to know something. Yeah, and uh, not only that, not only is it ridiculously arbitrary and you have no guidelines whatsoever, and then they come down they slam on you big time, uh, but also the Supreme Court in the past has been a culprit in this in this completely ridiculous deception and miasma of bad rules and, and stupidity. Um, if you look at the U.S. Constitution, which of course, as, as you and I are inclined to try to remind people, the U.S. Constitution is a flawed document. It enforces a system of predation. And uh, it has not held back the growth of that predation by the uh, politicians. But if you look at the Constitution itself, the First Amendment states that Congress shall pass no laws infringing free speech. Okay, Up until the mid to late 1800s, it was understood that the states could pass speech laws and speech codes, and they could – actually have state-sponsored religions and things like that. All these debates yep. about yeah, church, um, school, uh, Christmas displays, and all these different types of things, all of these things were supposed to be decided within the states themselves. Right. Pennsylvania and, had... And, and the, the Constitution really had nothing to do with it because yes. they did have state religions, as you said. Precisely. Uh, exactly. And there's one more little aspect to this, just as, as far as history goes, Mark, is what's fascinating about it is that... Now the Supreme Court, when they rule on these things, for example, when they ruled on the seven dirty words thing in the Pacifica case with mm-hmm. George Carlin's routine, the seven dirty words, which was broadcast on a Pacifica radio network in the early 70s. And some man brought suit against them because he was listening in a car and his son was with him and he was offended by this and so on. What they do now is they refer to this thing called um, the uh, local standards, community standards thing, right? Right. So the Supreme Court says – well, we've decided that that expletive by Bono infringes on the community standards level, okay? But who decides the community? This is where these guys get away with this ridiculous deception. It's supposed to be community standards, right? Whatever that According means. to the Constitution, the communities decide what they like, what they don't like. The states decide if they're going to let the communities do this or not do this. It's up to them. It's Ninth and Tenth Amendments. The Congress has no power. In fact, it's prohibited from establishing speech codes. The states can do it, right? Okay. So what they do is the Supreme Court, in order to keep these ridiculous bureaucracies like the FCC going and try to give them some sort of air of legitimacy, they throw these nonsense terms in. They make these things up in a sort of Orwellian way where they say, well, this this expletive infringes, this is, goes against community standards. But who decides what the community standards are? The FCC. the FCC and the Supreme Court. Even though they're not even in the community. They're not in the community. And who decides what the community is? I've always said that, well, is the community the the area and the people within uh, the broadcast range right. of the radio station? They don't or, tell you that. No, they don't, there is, is no Is it definition. a geographic community? Is or it thematic? is it the community of the people that is actually listening to the station? 
<laughs> you don't know. Is you it the know. demo of the station? I mean, you know, who, who knows? Yeah, it's ludicrous. With because the, if you, if you if your demographic of your radio station is uh, you know hot ninety seven point six, the community that's listening to your station likely are people that use this terminology, this language on a regular yeah. basis. So you're not offending them. So when a sixty year old woman runs into the broadcast as she's in the car with her you know thirteen year old uh, grandson and she's because he's singing all the words right. to all the songs. Well, anyway, let me just share a few more thoughts, and we'll get to your phone calls here. Uh, some of the some of the other things the judges said in this hearing uh, said the FCC's rules seem so vague. Broadcasters had an impossible task. I wonder if they can have any idea what they can broadcast. Says the judge. One of them questioned whether the policy could lead to the end of live broadcasts on network television. She said in a mocking tone, "I guess they don't use those words in small towns." At one point, Lewis said the FCC bends over backwards to give sufficient room to news organizations on radio and television, and the judge responded, does the First Amendment allow us to rely on you bending over backwards? So it's looking like they might actually rule positively on this uh, this case. One of the other judges asked if those families with the strictest rules regarding profanity were dictating the rules for all families, and if that was fair. And I think that's a great that's question. That's a great question, yeah. Because that's really what it is, right? When something offensive goes out on the air, these uppity people at the places like the Parents Television Council, yep. which is essentially a group of busybodies who have nothing better to do than monitor uh, different communication for the television and radio and complain to the FCC when they see something they don't like, rather than just tuning out and telling their friends, hey, don't watch ABC, hey, don't listen to this radio station, it's, hey, let's stick it and, to them. And can we just bring something up to the conservatives who might be listening to us, sure. whether it's online or, or in their local radio station? Can you, can I ask you folks you're supposedly in favor of small government don't get government involved in this don't get government involved in that and yet when they had the janet jackson thing i hear laura ingram out there spouting off about where's the fcc how come the fcc isn't on top of this and she precedes a move by hardcore socialist left-wing democrat ed markey to increased tenfold, as they did, mm. the fines for indecency, and as we mentioned at the top of the show, make it apply to every station that happens to broadcast it. It's ludicrous. So she, yeah, I thought they, I thought conservatives were in favor of small government, not big government, not fascism, but instead they go in this direction because morals and sensibilities are hurt, and we have to protect children. Oh, the, really? Well, what other rationales can you come up with to grow government? Let me hear them because you're going to make them up as many times as you want. Yeah, they'll certainly have plenty of uh, excuses. The judge in this case said it seemed there was technology that could allow families with a zero tolerance for profanity to keep live television out of their homes, and of course there absolutely is. He also questioned whether those with no tolerance for profanity keep their children from going out the door because they might hear a nasty. And you better damn well believe they will. I remember being in third grade. I remember knowing all of the you know the big curse words by no later than uh, than my third grade in government school. That's where you hear all that stuff first and foremost. Sounds like you're a late bloomer. More coming up. You can bring up anything. Hour 3 on the way. How long can you hold your breath? <sighs> Not long. After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. 
filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumers Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart. 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into the third hour of the program. You can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And guard. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And coming up tonight, uh, Mark, you've got another story that you've pulled from the front page of freetalklive.com because, well, our website now allows you, the listener, to essentially control the content of our site. So you get to submit different show prep ideas and things like that, and other listeners will vote them up and vote them down. And there's a story about a airport security bungle that you won't believe. Well, uh, well, maybe you will, but it's pretty amazing. We'll get to it here if we get a chance, but your phone calls are the primary element. Let's go to David to start things out in California. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, David. Hey, Mark Dean. How are you? Hey, guards here too, David. What's on your mind? Well, I was interested in um, in Haiti and uh, some of the things that we could do to help those people out. And obviously, if everybody's strapped for cash, there are you know, a lot of very simple and basic things that can be done that can uh, uh, help out. I remember when Katrina uh, happened, uh, you know, you're probably familiar with uh, the uh, out in the Nevada desert, they do the uh, Burning Man. Oh, yeah. yeah. Big yeah. party. Yeah, and right after Burning Man was over, by coincidence, it was... Pretty much, uh, it was just shutting down when Katrina happened. And uh, real quickly, we got in touch with Burning Man people, and uh, they there were a good many people who sent down their uh, their uh, you know their generators and their solar uh, their solar products and whatnot. And uh, you know, we got a, a start uh, you know of, of things down there. And um, one of the uh, the solutions that we could do right now. Uh, are you familiar with those old, uh, the old satellite dishes that are about six or eight feet across? Sure, C-band old C-band dish. C-band dish, yeah. Yeah. Now, if you were to take a, 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 an oil drum and you put it uh, you know, up on a stand, maybe six or eight feet uh, in the air, and then you uh, run the hose in one end and out the other end, uh, you know, close them off pretty effectively, ta- uh, some sort of a thing. What What's going to be needed right now in, in Haiti is fresh water. Uh, you know, those people are going to get cholera, and if they've lost uh, 150 or 200,000 people by crushing, uh, they're going to lose a lot more than that by uh, bad water. And so they need sterilized water and, and uh, you know, opportunity to clean up as well as, uh, as drinking and, and cooking water. And what I'm thinking of is those old satellite dishes, if you line them with, say, just basic aluminum, they would probably work for about a month before the aluminum would start to break down. But you'd put, uh, put those uh, satellite dishes and aim them essentially at those oil drums you could boil water, I'll bet, in uh, tropical sun. I'd bet in less than an hour you could probably get it up to something short of 200 degrees, if not, uh, if mm. not over. Mm. And Interesting. I never heard that one before. 
Well, it's I, I saw a guy uh, back in the 70s uh, as a co- part of a college project. He did the same thing. He hmm. uh, essentially just came up with a parabola. It was slightly different curvature, but it was basically the same thing. So collecting he, the light and then focusing it, so basically kind of a similar idea of uh, burning an ant with a magnifying glass, except a little bit a little bit of larger scale. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, in this case, you'd put a shelf out, you know, six or eight feet out, and, uh, and then you would, uh, you know, have these, say, like oil drums. You could probably take, uh, you know, if, uh, if you had some of those, um, you know, people get a gas delivery every few months, you know, out by the side of their yard, that's much stronger and cleaner uh, steel. Uh, than an oil drum. You generally don't know what was in an yeah, oil drum. I don't really think I'd want to drink water out of an oil drum. But. Right, right. But it, but in the case, you know, you want to get something that's clean. There yeah. are food oil drums that, that you can uh, be pretty assured of. But, you know, to be able to... Um, uh, to be able to use it on a regular basis. Maybe. If they happen to have those down there, that's not a bad idea. I, I just don't know about shipping such things down. It would make more sense to just go ahead and ship some pallets of water. I mean, if oh, you're absolutely. Gonna, or just, or just ship, well, you could, you pallets could do... Of water, pallets of water are problematic because they've got you know they do have water down there. It's just that with the rupturing of the uh, of the pipes and whatnot, mm-hmm. the water is probably still spilling out. They've got it, uh, you know, in natural springs and things. But with that many dead people, um, you know, you're going to have a lot of rats. You're going to have a lot of you know critters. Uh, you know, uh, I don't. You know, with feces all over everywhere, yeah, it's a the water is going to get tainted quickly. Yeah. and so it has to be boiled. It has to. And and right. the the big problem in Haiti right now. You know, they used to be the gem of, of the French colonies. That when France had them as a colony, was that? <laughs> uh, they, America gained independence in 1776, and in 1804, France uh, lost uh, Haiti. And when France had Haiti, one-third of the French economy, this is the entire French economy, with all of their colonies all around the world, one-third of their economy was derived from Haiti alone. It's incredible. So that's yeah, that's the the possibilities of Haiti. I mean, sugar and and uh, spe- spice trade. There were sugar is actually, you know, if you look at the Fortune 500, sugar still stands out in the top five uh, as as and you know, frankly, liquor is is mostly sugar and and uh, so. You know, between liquor and sugar, uh, you know, candy bars and variety of different things related to obvious sugar. Sugar is a huge source of income, and 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 for, uh, Haiti is still essentially a colony of of major international corporations that are deriving. Uh, their income from it. So the next thing that we could do for them is to call for uh, uh, abandonment of of their debt, their international debt. If they if they dropped their international debt, they would at least have an opportunity to get free and clear from Well, them. they need to drop the government. I mean, it's that's going to be the one of the biggest issues. We were talking during the break about, uh, Gard, you pointed out the Dominican Republic is right next door, Yeah, and they don't have the same problems as and they've, Haiti. And, they've gotten trillions since 1992. Yeah, but they've it's from trillions. that international debt. Well, but the thing is, they've gotten trillions in international aid that isn't tied to any sort of uh, any sort well, of it's repayment. It's not trillions. 
No, it's, no, it's, literally, it's, literally, they have gotten the Haitian governments, various governments that have come along. Not only have they gotten trillions of dollars in aid, they've gotten food aid that doesn't have to be repaid since the early 1990s, and the place is still a basket case. And I just wanted to mention a couple things. First, as far as the the water goes, I like your idea. What you could also do is in that boiling setup, you could use saline water from the ocean. And you wouldn't have to. Uh, you, oh, sure, you could bring absolutely. it in. You could, you could boil it, and then use the yeah. runoff from the steam. You also, you know, the most immediate thing is to get chlorine in there, chlorine tablets, and use that. But I like your idea. Anyway, yeah. it's it's a very well, constructive. By one. the way, as you're talking, if you go to Wikipedia and you look at the entry for Haiti, and then you look at their debt problem, there's this whole section in in Wikipedia on their their debt, and specifically, I'm not sure if you're familiar with many of the scams that have gone on with whether it's the United Nations or U.S. Uh, 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 you know, grants to third world nations. But many of the major international corporations are, are the recipients of that debt. So, for example, I remember John Danforth. He was the uh, senator from Missouri. Yeah, he always uh, sounded like Frankenstein, John Danforth. Uh, right. Well, yeah. he was a scammer because his family was Ralston Purina. And when he, I remember one time he was dancing about how uh, he was going to give some international aid to, to uh, um, uh, Brazil and how it was going to help the poor Brazilians and this and that and the other. When you looked into that grant, it was specifically a grant for Ralston Purina to buy up the rainforest and, <laughs> and develop it. So you know wow. when you're when you're talking about this aid to Haiti yeah. and it never gets there, look at the corporations well, that are in there with their hands out. I and would look way, to the biggest corporation first, which is the government. You mentioned a politician and he's using his power with the government to grant favors for his uh, his buddies at the corporations because. Those corporations wouldn't exist if it wasn't for the government creating them and essentially shielding those uh, those those men from liability. Thank you, David, for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. The government is the biggest and most dangerous and most uh, outrageous of I, all the corporations. I can um, certainly imagine the aid going to the whatever what what calls itself the government of Haiti, but by no means governs um, there. But and I can just imagine those people. You know, the presidential palace was destroyed by this earthquake. They have a presidential palace in 80? I mean, these well, wait people... a minute. How, how do you say they can, they're can? they not governing? I mean, clearly they're governing Haiti. There's no growth. There's no opportunity for, uh, for entrepreneurship or advancement. If there weren't government around, we would be seeing growth like you see in uh, Somalia. More coming up at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. We'll do a little comparison between Haiti and the Dominican Republic here in a moment. It's Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Stouffer's. Let's Fix Dinner. Find dinner ideas to bring your family together at the table at letsfixdinner.com. Juggling schedules so that everyone eats together can be tough. Try starting with one family dinner a week, whenever you can fit it in. Take turns picking the meal and have everyone pitch in. Working together will bring your family closer, even if it is just once a week. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of features there, and they're all for free. But another great website you should visit is Gardner's website. Gardner Goldsmith, of course, with us here on Monday nights on the program. Uh, his website is libertyconspiracy.com. You can get audio 
More audio Indeed. from uh, the Liberty Conspiracy, great liberty-oriented audio. Plus, you've also got your own forum now, Guard, and yeah. uh, other stuff, right? We have our hotline, and people can listen to the audios to get the hotline number. And we just started up a nice, pretty, humongoid 50-gig uh, storage space we're calling the Vault for people who are Cabal members and donate and help us out. So it's cool. We have a good time. Groovy. Head on over to libertyconspiracy.com. And before we go uh, back into the discussion about the Dominican Republican and uh, and Haiti, I uh, just wanted to point out that jailedactivist.info does now have the information up for Big Mike. We were talking about him last hour. He was arrested over the weekend at a cannabis uh, event, not for cannabis, but for assaulting a police officer because they basically set him up. They told him to walk. uh, They told him to go away. They told him he could leave, and they made it so he had to leave between two cops, a very small space between two cops. He tried to get through, brushed by one of them, and uh, then was arrested for assault. So you don't, when you looked at that video, you didn't see that officer move his arm up to touch Mike when he went by? It's hard to it's really hard that. to make the. I, I wouldn't say that, but what I did see was as soon as Mike had walked by, the guy was already turning to grab his arm. So it looked like he was ready to to grab him as he right. was walking by. It looked like yeah. that was part of the plan. Anyway, the phone number that Kurt was giving out over the air is there at jailactivist.info. The mailing address for the jail. We're still waiting on mail to jail to get uh, info up and allow you to actually send mail through the web to uh, to Mike. But as of right now, uh, it's my understanding you probably will have to send it to John Doe. I don't know what. Uh, exactly the manner in which you'll you'll have to send him mail if you want to do that. But as we learn more about how to contact Mike uh, inside jail, uh, we'll, we'll let you know. But for right now, you can get the phone number over at jailedactivist.info. Give him a call and uh, check in and make sure that they know someone cares about him. So uh, anyway, we were talking about... Uh, Haiti and the just the awful situation down there. Gene the Christian anarchist called in over the weekend suggesting that people contribute to the Salvation Army's efforts rather than the Red Cross because the Red Cross is very bureaucratic, very uh, large organization that just doesn't do a great job at uh, managing its funds very effectively. And I have to say Gene persuaded me. I went and I gave uh, 100 bucks today to the uh, the Salvation Army. So yeah, I like the Salvation Army guys. They're good. And I think of the Red Cross, not only is it uh, really bureaucratic, but I believe in many cases they have the legal monopoly. Yes, they're tied in very in. Uh, deeply with the with the state. Yeah. But what we are talking about is the the, the economic differences between Haiti and uh, the Dominican Republic. I mean, they're on the same island, so why is it that one side of the island is in such dire straits in comparison to the other? And so I was wondering, well, are they that different? And I went over to uh, none other than the CIA's World Factbook. Hey. Uh, yeah, well, you know, we'll use their information. Uh, they do have some some statistics. You paid for it. Yeah, they do have some statistics on the various different countries around the world in, in quite an uh, amount of detail here. And according to them, the economy of the Dominican Republic is doing much better than Haiti. In fact, the per capita, because that's what's the important number to look at, per capita GDP from 2008 in the Dominican Republic was $8,200. Now, this is in U.S., uh, denominated in U.S. dollars. So $8,200 per capita GDP. That's that's the average, right, of mm. uh, the what the average yeah. person is yeah, making? Not, yeah. not great or anything, but it's a heck of a lot better than than a lot of places. And, you know, in the United States, probably about half of, uh, well, I guess half of what the poverty line is, I would think. Mm-hmm. So in Haiti, go ahead, take a shot. What's the GDP, the per capita GDP? I bet you it's in seven hundred. I, I bet you, yeah, three three digits. Less no, than no, it's a little more than that. Thirteen hundred. Thirteen hundred dollars. Wow. Thirteen hundred. It's been static. Uh, the last they show you the last three years here on the front page. 
from 2006, 2007, 2008, 1,300 year after year, whereas in the Dominican Republic, it's going up. In 06, it's 7,400, 07, 7,900, 08, 8,200. So that's a dramatic difference. I mean, you're talking about almost eight times the uh, the wealth per per person in on one side of the island versus the other side of the island. So right. and all that is is bad governance. Yeah, that's all you can. I mean, that's it. Yeah. Well, all governance is uh, is bad, but yeah. just uh, some's worse than others, right? And so clearly, the people in Haiti are not being allowed to uh, to become entrepreneurs and not being allowed to uh, to start their own businesses. And who knows what private property rules are like in Haiti? I mean, it may not even exist. I don't know. I don't know all I the think, details there. I think I mean, everything to... is open to the arbitrary whim of the government and those yes. who are connected yep. with the government. That's There's, really it. It's yeah. if you make if you do well enough to make enough money to come up on the radar of somebody who um, you know can. Take it away from you legally, whatever that means in Haiti. Um, you know they, they're going to come along, confiscate it as taxes for the for the the, the good of the Haitian Republic, and uh, take your stuff. I, I, not to be too distracted, but I thought it was uh, pretty pretty sad what that guy Pat Robertson said that uh, you know many years ago the Haitians when they threw off the French yoke uh, they dedicated the island to the devil. And uh, so the problems they've been experiencing <laughs> ever since, generation after generation, of course, has been cursed because, you know, there is no free will and the, the island has been cursed by the... Yeah. Right, because of what's... Even if that was, even that's a true story, even if it's yeah. true that yeah, after they threw just, off the French that uh, somebody said, I dedicate Haiti to the devil, as though one man would be yeah, able to dedicate, uh, to dedicate the entire island in the futures every of every other Haitian. Born from, and, you know, and, and how terrible that is to act... And it takes away from an analysis of something that says, look, you know what, you know, I was doing a production for, for the website and I said, look, you know, I know this is a sensitive topic. And so people don't want want to hear someone grinding his ideological axe on this. But seriously, if you're looking at how to mitigate a disaster, those areas that have assets that are there that have been produced, they, they're the ones that do best. And if you, so if you have heavy machinery, running water, sewage, medicines, things like that, and the only way you can get these things in a in a larger capacity and new, more numerous ways is to have expendable income. You need to have productivity, and productivity increases when you have free markets. That's it. Yeah, get let me give you some more out. numbers here. I mean, uh, the Haiti economy is by comparison here, there are 3.6 million labor force in Haiti compared to 4.19 in Dominican. So similar numbers yeah. Yeah. there. Uh, the occupation in the Dominican Republic, 14.6% agriculture compared to 66% in Haiti. So it's much more agricultural kind of agrarian Yeah, uh, if you call society. it agriculture, I mean, yeah. well, they, 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 their land has been essentially denuded and there isn't much left in the soil. It's basically run off into the water at this wow. point. Unemployment rate, 14.1% uh, in the Dominican Republic. In the, Which is terrible. In Haiti, it's... Uh, there's places in the United States where it's 14.1%, yeah, right? It's terrible, too. Right. Uh, unemployment rate in Haiti, not available. Note, <laughs> widespread unemployment and underemployment, more than two-thirds of the labor force don't have formal jobs. Uh, poverty below the po- po- Population below the poverty line in Haiti, 80%. That's mm. an estimate from back in 2003. I mean, they just don't even have numbers in many cases that are recent from Haiti. They're just so in the, in the dark there. Uh, as compared to 42% in the Dominican Republic as of 2004. 
So, I mean, just stark contrast. Stark contrast in an, an island that is divided in two. In fact, the Dominican Republic apparently seceded from Haiti. <laughs> 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free lines. The best damn thing they could have done. And the All same right. way would be the Absolutely. best damn thing we can do from New Hampshire to get the hell out of the United States. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231 tonight. It's Ian with you. And Gart. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. Features including our chat room. You can go and get interactive with other Free Talk Live listeners at chat.freetalklive.com. That's chat.freetalklive.com. And take the startpage.com's seven-day challenge. For seven days, use startpage.com instead of your big brother search engine. Experience the difference. You get search results aggregated from 12 major search engines, but unlike your old search engine, you have complete privacy in your search. So the the, the you know the search engine isn't cataloging or putting cookies on your machine or anything like that. You can start the uh, seven-day challenge today at startpage.com. 800-259-9231. We're going to shift gears here. We'll come back to a little more international news out of that. Madman Hugo Chavez. He's got something to say about video games now. This guy has something to say about everything. Uh, but first, Mark, you've got something that's a little more close to home uh, from the front page of freetalklive.com. In fact, as voted on by our listeners, uh, what's this story? Yep, um, this is from, uh, well, it's it's from WBAY.com, and uh, it, it's by Matt Smith. A Wapaka woman, and I assume that's uh, one of the, the creatures from the Moss Easley Cantina in Star Wars. Um, I'm, I'm not quite sure on that I one. think so. Yeah. Um, it found it find herself in the middle of a major security investigation at Cle- Cleveland's airport. Jimmy, Kimmy, Kimmy Junke had gone through security. In fact, she was in a secure part of the terminal when she stopped to go to the bathroom before making her connecting flight. Always a good idea. Yep. That's when she found... A loaded handgun. Nice. An investigation with our ABC affiliate in Cleveland undercovered what one U.S. senator calls a serious breach of public safety. In an age of... It's a good thing the senator said it because I wouldn't have realized. (laughs) In an age of colored threat levels and heightened security, this investigation shows another lapse inside our airports. All... Jan Kay and her boyfriend Ryan really remember about last September's trip to Portland was... What happened inside the Cleveland airport? Panic. I didn't know what to do. I looked at it and was like, wow, that's a gun. We're past security. What do I do? She probably thought that she might get in trouble for turning it in. Yeah, I'll and, bet. especially if she picked it up. Yeah, right. You don't, you don't want to pick it up. <laughs> and d- d- disastrous um, consequences <laughs> could result. She walked into the bathroom, which was past the checkpoints, not far from a boarding gate. The clip was hanging out about an inch and a half, she described. A Cleveland police uh, report confirms a fully loaded 40 caliber pistol was left on top of a toilet paper dispenser. Nice. Mm-hmm. A little kid could have grabbed that. The wrong person could have grabbed that. You never know, John Kay said. 
Yep. And they would have walked right on the airplane with it if they yeah. wanted to. And it could have had germs on it. <laughs> We've <laughs> since learned the gun was traced to a federal customs agent. Customs officials have denied all requests to explain why a highly trained agent <laughs> left her gun in the bathroom, claiming that um, there is an internal investigation. Oh, yes, of course. Oh, and I'm sure that'll result in some sort of punishment that'll be very, very strict. Yeah. That's, that's a recent article, right? Yeah, this is fresh. And, yeah. and this happened when? Uh, well, September? September, yeah. And that's, I that's, wonder why we're only here. To, that's a very strange thing. That's yeah. funny. Yeah, and that's really weird because you know the government, uh, when they have their great successes, they're all over, in fact, claiming success for things they didn't even do, like those Heathrow bombers when the uh, former national security guy Michael Chertoff came out and said that uh, they were the United States was intimately involved in getting those uh, Heathrow bombers a number of years ago. They were intimately involved working with the MI6 and MI5 in England. Which, didn't they deny that over in uh, England? Or yeah, the, the British just asked him not to say anything until yeah. they had made the bust. That's so the they were intimately involved. Right. involved. Uh, <laughs> did you, like, not screw up and talk? Just shut right. your mouth, Chertoff? <laughs> And it looks like he managed to pull that little part off. It's amazing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the, the story goes on. Furthermore, we're told the agent has been allowed to retire. No record oh, of discipline. Sweet. Or many answers. That's what I meant when I said harsh. Yeah. Uh, you know, just let him go home early and retire. <laughs> <laughs> this is something that can't happen. This isn't, oops, I made a mistake, I forgot to do this. No, this was something serious. People's lives were in danger, said Jonke. What happens when it happens again? Are they just going to do the same thing? Okay, don't do it next time. That's not fair to anyone who's flying. And I guess, you know, once again, the question I want to, you know, I don't think that leaving a loaded handgun uh, in a bathroom stall is the worst thing that could happen. Because I don't think these things get up and run around and, and, and jump up and kill people. Yes, a child could have gotten one. That would be terrible. The statistical likelihood of somebody who's going to hijack the plane and blow it up getting it is pretty slim. Yeah. So yeah. I, that's not what horrifies it's big, me. But it's a big screw up. Though, it's I a big it. screw up. It's it's embarrassing. The the it, it's a, it's an embarrassment to an organization that claims its only claim to legitimacy is security. It can't do that right. It is not no. very good at security. But what what the difference is is imagine for a second that you, radio listener, you brought your 40 caliber accidentally um to the, to the uh the TSA checkpoint. You just forgot. That you happen to have it. Some people have, um, you know, left knives in their bags and they sure. haven't remembered. And and can you imagine what your life would be like? Mm. Yeah. It yeah would, you wouldn't get your retirement. No. Just you, look at that guy who walked the wrong way through the New Jersey airport a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. National Something. news everywhere. Thing was shut down for five hours. And Yeah, did they shut down the... Was there a, a yeah, shutdown at the airport in this, uh, in this case? I didn't case? hear anything I mean, about a shutdown back in September. You'd think there would there. be a national shutdown. Yeah. I mean, that's how they generally do it when there's terrorists um, doing something. Well, here you go. Did I detect well, a George Bush accent that, on yeah, that? that's what that was. There was a story over the weekend, and we didn't get a chance to, to uh, touch on it, but I had it on Saturday night about one of the airports, in the uh, I think it was in Washington, that was shut down over the weekend because somebody had walked into a door that was for employees only. And I guess they caught him on video doing this, whoever the person was, and then couldn't find and him. And then again, anywhere. couldn't find him, oh, and so geez. they, you know, they they shut it all down, and nobody could get on their planes. And so basically, because these bureaucrats and these security organizations, the TSA, are so incompetent. 
that they can't even find somebody who has done something that they believe is possibly dangerous. Odds are somebody just walked through the wrong door. You know, maybe they said in the story, the first paragraph of the story was that he just left one of the bars, so he probably had a few too many at the you know the the airline bar. The was trying to find the bathroom. A little too drunk, swings a door open. That, and if it's for employees only, lock the flipping door. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's that's the craziest part of this. <laughs> these these security experts don't know enough to lock the unauthorized area door. You got well, unlocked doors. You got guns being left in stalls. <laughs> maybe maybe they don't want them locked because they know that the caliber of people who are working there, they'll leave the keys around and then the bad guys would get the keys. So you got that secondary problem yeah, of, that you know, we it, can't yeah. trust you guys with keys. Yeah. Right. These people can't even spell incompetent. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just incident after incident where nothing's happening. There's nothing dangerous that's going on. Somebody went through the wrong door. Does the door lead out to the concourse? I don't know. Did anyone go out there? What? They said they saw it on the video cameras. Why don't you have more cameras? You mean you're spending all your money on the guards? Well, clearly they're not doing a good job. Well, at so, least they can see me naked. <laughs> well, there, there is that. But, I mean, if you, if you had cameras all over the place, right, you'd at least be able to see once the guy goes in the door. If you had Where cameras back in the employees' area, back in these secure areas... I don't know if they do or they don't. It didn't seem like they did, right? Because if they had cameras, they would have been able to follow him. Oh, there he's going through that door. Let's right. check the next right. camera. Okay, that's where he went. You know, but they don't even have their, they don't even have camera coverage. You you managed to get into the employee area and you are good as, you're as good as a ghost. <laughs> that's great. Perfectly stated. <laughs> they don't know what to do with you once you make it through the unauthorized area door. It's They're putting crazy. the sign up is enough. And this is why we say over and over again on Free Talk Live, the TSA is nothing but security theater. It is an expensive stated. play yes. as well. Yeah, an, expensive, an expensive play, absolutely. Toll-free number 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Of course, the answer to airport security is to get it out of the government's hands. Put it in the airports. Uh, just make the airport or the airlines, better yet, uh, the people that are deciding how security is run. Then you'll have competition as a factor again. More coming up. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial in toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. Enough time for your call if you make it right now. Tonight, it's Ian with you. Ian Gar And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We can do the features for free. So enjoy those on us. If you like the show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Just head on over there, enter Amazon through that link. It's Amazon, the world's largest internet superstore. I mean, you can buy everything from toilet paper to Gardner Goldsmith's book, Yeah, Live Free or Die, that's available over at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Just enter through that link, and Free Talk Live gets a percentage of your purchase. You can buy used items even through Amazon, dozens of categories, free super saver shipping on a whole bunch of their brand new items. That's Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. All right, Gardner, critical thinking question. Dig. First, imagine you live in an area controlled by a violent gang. Uh, yes, yeah, easy. What if you started using words like we and us when discussing the gang and their activities? Easy e- to slip into that. Yep. Even though you're not in the gang and no one in the gang really knew or cared about you. Mm. 
And a lot of the gang's activities actually hurt you and your family. Would this kind of thinking eventually lead to sympathy for the gang's activities? Or resistance to the idea that the gang was even doing anything wrong? What if the violent gang was able to develop a 12-year indoctrination system that encouraged this kind of thinking? Hold on a minute. What that if the, sounds familiar. What if the violent gang already did? School Sucks Podcast is a yes. show about the end of public education and the worship of violent gangs. Visit SchoolSucksProject.com to learn more. That's awesome podcast. Toll-free numbers 800-259-9231. Uh, so you can bring up anything. Let's go to the phones and the fun. Ted is in the woods on the amp line. Hello, Ted. How you doing, Guard? Ian? Mark? What's hey. Up? Hey, Ted. What's on your mind tonight? Man, uh, I was wondering if any of you guys ever made that Sputnik that I was telling you about the other night. What was that now? Re- recap for me. Uh, man, that was the uh, the egg carton hot air balloon type device that I used primarily to screw with the alien conspiracy type theorists. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I haven't had the, the, the spare time to be putting that together. Putting together Nobody's a highly flammable that. device. Right, I was just hoping I'd... I was hoping I'd get a good tale of someone that had set one off. For all we know, you may have inspired somebody out there, uh, Ted. I don't, I don't know. I was hoping so. I had dreams of Sputnik still in the sky that night when I called in. <laughs> <laughs> well, besides, you know, we've got to remember here in New Hampshire that they uh, passed a law a little while ago that fines people for letting balloons go into the sky. That's true. Well, yeah, this ain't because. No balloon, See, you could you could talk your way around that because you say it's technically not really a balloon. It's, ah. a, it's a garbage bag, right? All right, there you go. That's perfect. I like that. You know, yeah. yeah I got be, that lawyer mentality about me. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't use it for evil, my friend. Don't use your powers for evil. You I'll know, Gar- I'll do my best. As an aside, uh, that balloon thing—that was one of those laws that the kids came up with, wasn't it? I, yeah, it had to do with, I like, whale blowholes. I think George Costanza was behind <laughs> it. I mean, it's like golf. It's just so stupid. So, Ted, you got anything else on your mind tonight? Oh, yeah, yeah. I want to know. I, I have another little plan. Have you ever sat there and said to yourself, man, I could really use a rocket launcher right now? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yes, Who I hasn't? have. I've, numerous times. <laughs> yes, I uh, have. This happened to me. I, I can't even count the amount of times that's happened to me where I've been saying, man, I could use a rocket launcher right now. <laughs> What was the last one? What's that? Yeah, what was the last time? When was the last time that happened? A giant turkey came into my yard, and I was thinking, man, oh, I'd like nice. to shoot this that turkey with would a be fun. launcher. Yeah. It's threatening my life right now because it's a dangerous little animal. <laughs> Excellent. So, um, what, would, what, what does one do if one has always uh, felt like they needed a, a giant rocket launcher? Well, if you feel like you ever need a rocket launcher, all you got to do is you got to go get some simple supplies that you can get from any damn model store, the Walmart maybe, and you got yourself a rocket launcher. All you need is you need some black powder percussion caps. You can get that at Walmart? Black powder rifle? Yes, sir, you can. You can wow. around here anyway. A what? <laughs> <laughs> a what rifle? What was the next? Black powder. Just a black powder rifle. You know, like the old timey... Uh, Revolutionary types, you got the black powder rifle. Wait, so you need the whole cap. rifle, not just black powder? No, you don't need the rifle. Oh, you okay. need that percussion cap. There's gotcha. a, in order to shoot a black powder rifle, you need this little percussion cap. It's a little brass-looking deal that you stick on the nipple, and it sets off the powder. Okay. Right. Yeah, all you need is take one of them and get yourself on a model rocket, the big old engine model rocket. Mm-hmm. And you fill that nose cone up with black powder, and you put that little... Brass percussion cap on the end of that with a thumbtack straight right. to the end of her. Oh, man. 
And uh, that, that way, that percussion cap, when that hits a wall or something, it <laughs> should set off that percussion cap and ignite that powder that you done filled that nose cone with. Nice. So you've actually tried this. Oh, yeah. I blew up an old chicken coop with it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank but you, Ted. I needed to get rid of this chicken coop, and uh, I was all like, well, I could just tear it down with the tractor. What do you load it up? What do you load the rocket into? I used my old potato gun, tell oh, you the truth. Yeah, potato guns. Yep, that would everybody make sense. knows about potato guns. Yeah, those yeah, are I fun. I was thinking about calling in and telling everybody how to make a potato gun, but then I was like, you know what? This rocket launcher is a little, not, not as many people know about it. Yeah, that's high tech. I like it. And hey, how many other radio shows can you learn how to build a rocket launcher on? I mean, this is great. Are you really Kids don't try that at home. I'm just wondering, Ted, when did your wife leave you? <laughs> I was just, My wife ain't never left me. She's still in there. She's washing dishes right now. I, I, she had both hands down in the dishes, and I was letting her sip my beer a little bit ago. <laughs> oh, God. She's the one who wanted the chicken coop brought down. Ted, I just oh, got to yeah. know, do you, have, do, you have any, do you have any Russian in your roots or anything? Because I got to know, man, because Molotov would be proud of his great-grandson, my friend. Oh, yeah. Well, Molotov, he made a great invention, and it's still practical use today. You never know when you need a Molotov cocktail. Yeah. <laughs> Ted, I'm going to thank you for the call tonight. I don't want him to dry up here too soon. That was great. Good call. Uh, 800-259-9231. I let her have a sip of my beer. I think he's better than Jamie in Kentucky. <laughs> oh. That was great. That was awesome. <laughs> I don't think either of them are characters. This guy's I think, awesome, Ted, I think Ted, Ted is real. No. I believe he he's blew up a chicken on the poop line. <laughs> He's I don't great. think we have a Ted on the on the. I don't know. Maybe we do. Be the right, the right I want name. him. I want him on MythBusters with Adam and Jamie. When in doubt, C four. You you don't think he blew up the chicken coop? Because he oh, said yeah. Yeah, I could yeah, have yeah. either tore down the chicken coop with the tractor, or I could. I decided I'd blow it up. I mean, you don't come up with those kind of facts off the top of your head, dude. I mean, that guy. That know, guy I really blew did. up a chicken coop with a homemade <laughs> rocket launcher. I like this. Yeah. Toll-free numbers, 800-259-9231. That's part of the fun with characters on Free Talk Live. You don't know if they're real or not. I, I don't I, care if it, if the accent's real. I don't care. All right. Uh, well, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah, you mentioned the balloon thing. This, yeah, yeah. Uh, this law in New Hampshire that you can't let balloons go. There's some sort of fine, right? 250, yeah. you said? 250. I don't. I can't remember. Yeah, something like that. I, I was reading a story about that somewhere, and somebody pointed out that it was the... Oh, no, I remember what it was. It was a story about the state drink. Oh, and, and yeah. There are... <laughs> oh, God. Every year they have the kids, come on, kids, we'll show you the state house. Now you can come up with a really dumb idea. <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> and then and... everybody has to live with it forever and isn't, ever. Isn't it cute? Because government never goes away, kids. Well, the, what they always do is, and I, I don't know if, if I'm jumping on your your uh, your shrapnel here, but uh, you know they always say, it gave the kids a great lesson in the lawmaking process. Like, no! They just passed something really stupid. It shows. <laughs> ah, it reinforces the ridiculousness of the idea that government should go and do things that are completely contrary to the very concept of why government was formed in the United States. It, it absolutely is dangerous. The uh, this mentality and what is happening essentially is elementary school classes across the state, and I'm sure this happens all over the place <laughs> in this country. They are learning about government. And, of course, they're learning about it from the government. And so 
everything they're going to be told is, well, yes, this is how is executive branch and the legislative branch and there's the judicial branch. And now we're going to look at the legislative branch. And I guess they don't talk like that in New Hampshire. But uh, anyway, that's you know, all I've got is the southern accent, right? That's uh, fine. Now we're going to look at the legislative branch. And, that, and what we do is we'll make we're going to make a law and then we're going to take it up to the state house. And this is how things work. When you want to control other people, you go to the state house and you tell them what to do. And then so the kids have come up now. And we talked about this when it uh originally came out here in New Hampshire was some kids in a class decided they wanted to advocate for apple cider to be the state drink. They want to pass a law to make apple cider the state drink. And I I believe we predicted that there would be inevitably some other group of kids that would come out and be against apple cider and want to you know put forth cola or you know something else sure. that they like or mountain dew milk and milk is what the uh, they came up well, with milk i, I think I, I i believe that what was said on the show is well what there are lots of different di- types of drinks produced right here in new hampshire it's not just apple cider but there's milk and you know I'm sure there's a bunch of other stuff. I don't know. I you know I don't I don't know all the drinks that are produced, but I know that there's a on the way to the airport. I I go by a water, a spring water bottling place. Doesn't the spring don't the spring water bottlers want spring water to be the the state drink? Let's get into this more uh, tomorrow night if we get a chance. I'll uh, make a make a note. We'll get back to the milk apple cider silly nonsense debate here. Uh, also. Still the Venezuela story. I got that for you tomorrow night, too. Plus, your calls about whatever's on your mind. I and mean, half the time, we hardly get to this stuff. Anyway, Guard, thanks for coming in tonight. See you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. The following edition of the Edgington Post interview series is brought to you by the Free Talk Live AMP program. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier today for as little as 3 bucks a month. Get perks and help us get on more radio stations and more internet connections at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. And here's Mark. It's another episode of the Edgington Post. And today I have with me uh, a man named Andrew Hemingway. And Andrew, Andrew, are you there? I am here. Excellent. Now, Andrew has his own YouTube channel. It's called First in the Nation, which I assume is a reference to uh, the fact that New Hampshire is the uh, first primary in the presidential elections every four years. And we in New Hampshire believe that actually is uh, God's will. That's right. No, it absolutely is. We were also the the first state asked to sign the Declaration of Independence. Really, I, I did. I didn't know that. I know. I knew that the Constitution of New Hampshire was uh, was a document that predates the, um, the United States Constitution, and that New Hampshire yep. was the state that signed the Constitution into uh, being because you know it, it was the seventh or ninth or whatever state that you know the, the one that was required somehow or another. Right. Um, Two thirds of the states ratified the Constitution; the other third, <laughs> one third, just had to take it, or they were going to attack or something. I don't know, but. R- Right, right. Um, so, yeah, no, I mean, New Hampshire has been a leading uh, state for, you know, since since the country's inception. Yep. Now, this First in the Nation uh, show of yours uh, is, is very well produced. I uh, saw a clip of uh, an episode of uh, First in the Nation. It, you posted up on the RLCNH, that's the Republican Liberty Caucus New, of New Hampshire's uh, um, message forum thing there that they have, and I saw the episode and <clears throat> noticed it, and and you know I I I am a member of the Republican Liberty Caucus. I have paid my dues, and and uh, you know I'm 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 a member. But the one thing that I really have a problem with uh, the Republican Party is sort of when Reagan came along and the uh, the, the the Democrats were swept in. You know they called Reagan Reagan Democrats. 
And sure. the the sort of the democratic platform up to that point had been very pro-war. Um, but wars got us out of financial situations. If you think about World War II, that was uh, you know Roosevelt's war, and uh, Truman uh, went ahead and uh, dropped a bomb on um, Japanese folks. And um, and you know World War One was uh, Wilson. The Korean War was uh, I think that was Kennedy. Um, it was shortly after. Uh, um, World War II. I don't know for sure on the Korean War, but I, I know that, of right. course, uh, Johnson was uh, was Vietnam. And traditionally, Republicans had, at at that point, sort of, you know, Republican plank was keep the troops at home. And then sort of with Reagan, although Reagan did never did start a war anywhere, it, it, in bringing uh, those folks in, it, it turned the Republican Party into a much more sort of pro-military, um, carry a big stick kind of party. And... Okay. The um, the 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 show that you had um, there was uh, you know if if you want to recap it I'll I'll keep my mouth shut which is really hard for me um, but yeah it, it was something yeah. <laughs> to the effect like the, uh, um, Yemenis and let's kill them or something go ahead well yeah I mean the, the video basically is about Yemen and uh, Yemen this last week took a position saying you know we want to enter into dialogue you know and, and have conversations with uh, the, the terrorists that are in our, you know, in our country. Obviously, we know that, you know, that President Bush and now the, the Obama administration have been releasing known terrorists from Gitmo into Yemen. And Yemen has been, you know, for years just a, a terrorist safe harbor. So, so now, because Yemen's running out of money and they've come to the West looking for money and they've come to the West looking for help, for instance, um, Obama and Gordon Brown both have signed off on a commission to send terrorist police into Yemen and have a police force in Yemen now to, to you know, police the terrorists. Well, because Yemen's done this, now Yemen has this new position where they say, hey, we want to dialogue with these guys. We want to, you know, talk to them. And from and my video basically was just simply saying, look, we've the West has tried talking to Islam and, you know, the, the, the terrorists, really, and it doesn't work. And so if you think that you're going to enter into this conversation with, you know, uh, Ahmadinejad or any of these other, you know, leaders, talk doesn't work with terrorists. Well, I don't think and that... Uh, really literally... I don't think Ahmadinejad, sorry about that, I don't think Ahmadinejad really gives a, a, a flying flip at what's going on in uh, in Yemen. I mean, um, you know, you're talking about the Iranian president who's, uh, you know, for... for Say what you want. He's he's elected. I mean, what what's a free election? I don't know. But um, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm saying the the people like that. His his mentality, you know, that that type of a of a way of thinking. That, that kind of I guess people are calling it now radical Islam. Okay. That type of mentality, you don't dialogue with. You don't have a conversation with and sit down and reason with them because they there is no reasoning with them. There's no logic in their thinking. Well, uh, and, you know, I don't know whether that's – see, I think that those are um, – you know, what you, the, the statements that I'm hearing uh, from you sound like uh, the sort of uh, partisan um, kind of, uh, you know, putting people in boxes and sort of dehumanizing people, which is it's generally how you fight a war, right? You say the other guy's a, a bunch of terrible, vicious, bad animals and let's kill them. And I think that that doesn't help. I think that, um, you know, like, the dialogue's a good thing. Um, you know, if, if nothing else, it helps you to identify who your enemy is. And when you're talking about um, sort of radical Islam, I, I, I wonder how many uh, people are, you know, the United States' actions turning into more of these radical Islam-type people. 
I mean, certainly there are pe- people in the Middle East that, you know, hate America because of our, you know, because it's basically a Western place and they, they like their Islam thing. And, um, you know, that that's the reason. But I wonder how well, many of them. I mean, it goes. Go ahead. It, it goes. It goes beyond that. I mean, there. The I was recently this beginning of this year. I was actually in um, Israel, and I we crossed over into um, you know what they call Palestine and, it's and crapple, like isn't it? Bethlehem. And it, it's awful. And and you know what? They they are absolutely um, you know run by the PLO. All of them. They're they're absolutely indoctrinating people from from the very beginning all the way up. That. That literally, you know, they, their written commission, basically, you know, the written objective is to destroy Israel and anybody that helps them. Well, America has been an ally to them for for a long time. I mean, they they refer to us as the great Satan. I mean, they they even in their you know written documentation are saying our objective in life is literally to destroy you know uh, Israel and any country that helps them. That that's why we're on their radar. Absolutely, I, mean, it's, it's really I, I believe because that because of our relationship with them. I believe that to some extent what you're saying is true. And um, now, what is? I guess I'd have to ask this question. If it's about Israel, I don't want to support Israel. I don't. Um, you know, I don't. I, I, I've been to Israel. I've been to Palestine. I like Israel better as far as a place to live. I agree with you there. However, I don't think the United States of America, um, who raises funds through the threat of force of its own citizens, should give those funds um, to another country. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, well, yes. But if you're talking about Israel, then you're, you know, you're, you're really not, not on course here because the amount of the amount, the little bit amount of money that we give to Israel compared to what we give to the PLO. I mean, just this year, uh, Hillary uh, gave over $5 billion wait, to wait, the wait. PLO. Wait, wait, wait. Now you're, you're playing, you're, you're playing Democrat-Republican stuff here, Andrew. I don't care what we give to the PLO. Whatever we give to the PLO is wrong. Uh, whatever we give to, to Palestine, it's wrong. I don't think we should, should give money to any country. I agree with you. I okay. absolutely agree with you. So, um, so then we're, you know, what you're saying, this whole thing about the United States and Israel, United I, States is doing something wrong. Supporting Israel doesn't doesn't necessarily mean money. I'm not saying we have to give them money. I think there's a, a lot of other ways that the United States supports and stands with Israel. Sure. That does not include necessarily monetary. Don't you, you think know, if yes. I manufacture weapons that I should be free to sell those weapons to um, whomever needs to defend themselves? Oh, this is good. <laughs> um, if you if you're making weapons, you're you're basing your companies in the United States. Okay. Are you free to sell those to anybody you want to? Is that is that the question? It's is, uh, should should I be free? Because I can tell you, I am not free to do that. Right. No, I understand. Well, I mean, it, it, do you do, does do the people of Palestine and the Middle East all over? If we're gonna, you know, make these broad generalizations about all these different people over there, do they have the right to keep and bear arms? Have they been endowed by their Creator with that right? Have the Palestinians the terrorists? Oh, don't repeat my question, Andrew. <laughs> Who? Oh, hold on, Palestinians the terrorists? I, Palestinians and terrorists are not the same thing. There's a different They're, thing. They're uh, pretty close. What? You don't know anything you, you about know, these here, people. Here, you bought a few. You bought a few co- postcards from them. You don't know what they are. Here's here's the thing. Uh-huh. There is there is you know a, a vast uh, ocean between what 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 we're talking about really and what I believe where you're where the questions are going right. 
I don't know. What, we're, what I'm saying is that, that the United States has, for very specific monetary reasons, to, that, that benefit the United States, that benefit the United States monetary system and our economy and everything, is, is there's huge benefits to being friends to Israel and supporting Israel and standing with Israel and letting the rest of the world know that if they mess with Israel, they're messing with the United States. There are huge reasons to do that. Well, there, there are reasons for some people, just, Andrew. There are reasons for some people, but there are not reasons for other people. And should those other people that happen to live in the United States of America be forced at the threat of going to prison, quite possibly for the rest of their lives, um, in uh, to have to fund these these uh, acts that they may consider abhorrent, this country that they may consider abhorrent, there are plenty of people out there that do. I tend to like... Israel as a country, um, but I think that it is wrong to force people to pay for it. If you like Israel, Andrew, you should get a bucket we're and fill to, it up with money and send for, it to them. We're forced to pay for abortions, and I, and I don't approve of abortions. Um, I mean, that's so that's, big, that's that's the system. That's the system that we live in. Right, and the system is, that, is, is and the time, system is wrong. Times, you know. Right, we, Andrew. It's I mean, not. It's not okay to advocate, um, you know, killing people because we have a system that's messed up. Well, we've got a messed up system. We're gonna have to to slaughter and murder some people in order to uh, to make sure that we can. No, no. I never said. I never said kill anybody. I never said slaughter oh, yeah, you anyone. You said to, these are when was terrorists. That? You, the, on, in the film, you said these are terrorists, and the way you deal with terrorists is to kill them. Yes, that's right. Terrorists. Well, you were talking about people groups. You you just said like people groups. I wasn't talking about advocating, you know, for uh, the genocide or anything like that. Well, what um, I'm saying is I, that, I guess that when the the question here there, is the way no, that they're handling right now, the way they're handling killing the terrorists is by actually yeah. dropping bombs and they're killing innocent people. And my question to you is if there was a criminal on your street and they dropped a bomb on his house and that bomb in the process killed, say, somebody very close to you. Um, I'm not going to call out names or anything, but you pick somebody that's close enough to you that um, that you would be upset. And uh, my question okay. to you is, would you want to kill people in that organization that did that? The very premise of your question is 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 faulty. It's 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 not it's comparing apples to oranges. Really? You know, is there an organization yeah, called the United States? If I had if I, if my entire an block that I lived on, right, or you said street, if my entire street had a had an avowed hatred and a written you know basic you know constitution that our objective Andrew, was to destroy Andrew, the Andrew, United States, I, I, but you then, didn't get then, you then can't you, get Andrew. You look, I I could walk up and down the street, and I happen to be on the street, and I don't support the Constitution of the United States of America. So there you okay. go. You're killing me for uh, whatever document that happens to have been put out by some people with guns that claim to be my leaders. The, the people of Yemen have their own constitution, and that constitution does not say that we want to kill Western people. So there's, you know, there's that government group. There are certainly some radicals, but, you know. And, the, and I'm not saying, and the, and, and the government group, what I was, the point of my video was speaking to the Yemen government saying, listen, if you think you're going to dialogue with these radical, you know, terrorists who, who are, you know, of course, all of them are Muslim. Uh, if, if you are going to attack these people, or, or if you think you're going to go and dialogue with these people, you're, you're greatly mistaken. All you are going to do is simply in, you know, show your own weakness, one, 
and two, encourage attacks on your people to continue, because they're going to say, hey, these guys aren't strong enough to deal with it. You think that talking to people encourages weakness? Talking to radical known terrorists. Well, okay, I, for instance, see, the, this is uh, this the, is the, the thing. Bomber, it's, it's, there's right? more. There's more of this group talking, right? Like I belong to a group, um, and that group is the Free State Project. Some people in that group, okay. I'm certain, have uh, hurt people, have uh, you know committed crimes, have done some bad things. I don't know. I mean, like I'm not I'm not pointing any fingers, but I'm just saying that it has to be true, right? So if they sure. decide to lump this group group together, let's say some more do it. Let's say some some get out and, and do some terrible things. I don't know. It doesn't matter to me. Um, and then somebody comes to me and says, hey, I want you to, uh, you know, I want to start a dialogue with the Free State Project and uh, see what's, you know, uh, see what we can do here. Is it right for that person to, you know, when I show up at that uh, that meeting table to talk to them about what the Free State Project thinks to put a bullet in my head? I mean, if, if that's it's like that's such a uh, I mean it's it's such a hypothetical. I mean, how do you compare how do you compare radical Islam and what and what the United States is doing or what any any of the world leading countries are doing in fighting terrorism? Well, you know, they're not out there. I think that I don't think they're Islam fighting villains. terrorism. They're not going like, hey, you're Islam, we're going to bomb you. Uh, they yeah, are, they yeah. No, the what they're doing is they're trying to bomb people um, that are bad, and they're killing in the process because you really can't drop bombs without killing innocent people. They're killing innocent people and then creating more terrorists. Um, I, I guess here, let me try this one that's, for you. That, that's um, ridiculous. That's, that's, that's ridiculous? ridiculous. We're not. They're not killing yeah. innocent people because I can. I can send so, you news show, story show after news numbers. story. Show, show me the numbers where they're where they're creating more terrorists. Well, right. Show me that number. We we have we have we have Andrew, more Muslims in our jail system recruiting people to fight against the United States than we do have over in you know the Middle East getting mad about somebody bombing and starting to become terrorists. I mean I, that's not how they recruit people. Sure, people I, I would people think that, over there they're, they're not they're not flooding into the into the gates. They have to go out and aggressively recruit, kidnap, do whatever they can to rally their troops. I mean, I, they I imagine only have that people doing this work because they're paying them. That's I imagine that's reason. true, but I think that you can probably convince people a little bit more after somebody who's um, important to them has been killed by, say, a stray U.S. bomb. It's it's probably would and, be and easier. How many? I mean, you know, the numbers of stray U.S. bombs. Number one and number two, we don't know what motivates these people to do that. So to say, oh, it's a stray U.S. bomb, and just to go, well, I think in this situation, this possibly could happen, and this could motivate them. Well, we don't know. I, I think that it's a safe bet, right, Andrew? Because uh, I asked you, what would it be like, and you didn't answer the question, um, what would it be like if, say, they, they tried to kill a criminal on your street by dropping a bomb on them and it killed somebody who was important to you, would you be more likely to want to attack that organization? I mean, if this was the U.S. attacking me, they would have said, hey, listen, if you're not helping this this criminal that's hiding on your street, you have the opportunity to leave before we drop the bomb. That's what happens. I, well, they they tell. Hold on, they tell the Middle and Easterners. I would have left. They well, right? They might tell you because you're from the United States, but they don't tell the Middle Easterners before they're bombing. Um, now, I guess yeah, I have another are. question they, here. Is sure. the U.S. spends a lot of time propping up these foreign dictators and kings, potentates and sheiks and stuff? Um, spends a lot of okay. time and money, and I. And it really, really pisses off a bunch of uh, radical Islamic types. 
Um, like, for instance, Osama bin Laden. This is his stated reason why he uh, was involved in the, the 9-11 terror attacks is basically okay. the, um, the United States, among other things, he, he mentioned Israel in there. There were four points. But one of them, and I imagine a very important one considering he's part of he's, – he's a prince, right? Um, is that right. he doesn't like the he didn't like the idea that his brother Hassan was going to be crowned king and he wasn't. So as throughout history, uh, princes you know do their little battling thing to see who gets to be in charge. So when King he wanted to be the prince when King Fahd would die. Now, do you think it's right that the United States prop up King Fahd and say now King Hassan um, from these you know the Saud uh, the House of Saud there and do you think that it's it's good and right and just the United States, a country that fought a revolutionary war against a king, should go in and then prop up a king? No. So, you, you, and and if that pisses off somebody, some group of some organization who then wants to attack the United States because they are propping up these people, do you think that those people? I'm not saying they're right, but do no, you think I, what they're doing sounds no. un- understandable? I, I have no idea. I mean, I don't know what what's reasonable to, to some of these groups. I mean, to, to I'm asking and, you what you think is reasonable. Oh, I, I mean, I agree. I don't think we should be propping up anybody, any rulers, you know, from around the world. I think those countries need to deal with the problems themselves. So maybe their, what you uh, should aggregate. So maybe what I'm thinking here is that you should um, advocate rather than let's kill the terrorists is let's get our troops out of the 131 um, UN member states that we're that the United States has troops in in more than 700 military bases around the world and bring them back to the United States and then. If we have any more trouble from any other countries, then we can talk about uh, you know some kind of action, some kind of defensive action against those countries. But that maybe that, I'm just thinking maybe we won't have as many attacks on our soil if we don't have troops propping up uh, you know potentates and dictators that, and kings and stuff. So okay, at the beginning of the conversation, right? Again, to give you a little bit of what I thought, and you said, oh, that's partisan and, and whatever. What you just described to me is the most partisan uh, description of, of and I, I think it, it, it shows just a complete faulty uh, logic and understanding of, of the current world system and how, you know, today these battles are being fought. And to, to remove our presence, right, from all of these different countries and to remove our presence, especially in the, in the very, very volatile Middle East, would do nothing absolutely caused this, this, this radical Islam terrorist movement to erupt and to be coming at us nonstop. I mean, do, Why do you think that is? So many What's going to happen? Attacks. That's very, it's very good fear-mongering you're doing. I'm, question, I'm asking the question, fear. how is that going to happen? Like, what's going to, what what's, uh, events are going to take place that these Islamic you, you types me. are going to take over? You tell me. I couldn't, I, couldn't have pre- I couldn't have predicted the the World Trade Towers attack. I mean, I couldn't here, have predicted predict the Here, I'll predict one for you. Here, here Andrew, you, I'm going to make a me. prediction right now. The United States of America will be attacked by more um, Islamic types who are pissed off at the United States, and they'll say this. They will state this in their um, little documents, their manifestos of uh, destruction that they they put out at, shortly after these things. They will uh, there will be more attacks, and they will claim that the reason for these attacks is the United States' support of the state of Israel, the United States' uh, okay. presence in the Middle East, and uh, you know, th- then they'll talk about Allah and some dumb crap like that. You know, that's fine. But, 
you know, that doesn't mean that there's not justification for us to pull out. There's not justification for us to say, I mean, well, if, you've, if the, you've uh, said, the World you've Trade said that you think not it can happen because we have 100,000 more troops at home. No. You've said that you think I mean, that, that it's wrong. Make it any safer? Here's here's what I don't get, Andrew. Is you've said that it's wrong for the United States to support um, support other countries through, you know, donations and you know extra money and giving them money to their governments and stuff. And you've said it's wrong for the United States to prop up other nations with their military. And yet you say that we shouldn't do things that apparently are right, which is the opposite of what is wrong, um, because it would be bad. What, so what's we, right? the United what, States what are you defining as right. Um, doing what is uh, you know, <laughs> what is right would be to not aggress against other people and by having troops on their soil is an aggression really yes really so like so was was the was the attack on the world trade towers and was the al-qaeda attack on you know the panty bomber et cetera, et cetera? was that was that aggression towards us it, it, it is um, like that's the cycle of violence. Yes, it is. It is aggression okay. against so, those people against whom it happened. Us isn't really exactly right because it didn't happen to you or me. It happened to it, other people. It absolutely but, did. It absolutely did. That is an attack on our country. No, that attacks no, it's not. everybody. It's, it's not. It's not an attack on the country. It's an attack on so a plane so, and some buildings. So my best friend's dad, who died there, that that's not an attack on me. That's yeah, it is. It absolutely Billy. is an attack on you because you felt okay. loss, but I didn't. Yeah, like I, nothing happened to me. I was scared to death, um, you know, and I I went out and I armed myself and I was going to protect my family. If God help the uh, the Middle Eastern guy that was trying to sell uh, uh, Encyclopedia Britannica door to door that day, because I'd have killed him right then. Um, but yeah, they. You know, certainly, if you lost, if you were in fact attacked, you were attacked because you lost yeah. something. But I did not. So when you say we, you're including everybody, and you said it was an attack on the country, and it's not. It's an attack on people. It abs- no, it absolutely is an attack on our country. Isn't it? it is an attack on the United States and the freedom and liberties that we enjoy, and and it is an attack from from one philosophical position to another. Okay. And this is the only way that, that radical Islam knows how to fight against another philosophy. So, they um, cannot reason. They cannot, <laughs> they cannot use logic. They have to use violence. Say, say sand monkey. Come on, play it. Say it. Say, say what? <laughs> say sand monkey. Yeah. So um, the... What about the, uh, the the Oklahoma City bombing? Um, you know, there was a couple of guys there, white fellas, who uh, blew up a building. It was, it was a terrible attack. It was tragedy. Um, they used, uh, you know, because they were white people and and we we, don't, we like them a little better. They used, um, you know, uh, the judicial system. They they um, you know collected evidence. They brought a case against these guys. That case was public, and you know they they did everything above board. Do you think that? That's uh, fair, right, and just, and that's how we should uh, handle the, uh, the the Middle Eastern types. Or um, if we see somebody we suspect um, that the military, that some intelligence organization says is a terrorist, uh, do you think we should just drop bombs on them that way, or do you think they should go about uh, you know some kind of uh, system for figuring that out? Drop bombs. Uh, I, I mean, you're talking about profiling. I'm talking about prof- are you, are you saying- how do you think they go about deciding who these terrorists are when they drop the bombs on them? And they do. I mean, like there's there's just a recently a news story um, it was a couple of days ago for, out of Yemen. They dropped there. They killed innocent people and they they got themselves a yeah. few people that they called terrorists. And I'm just wondering, right. how do they go about deciding that these are the terrorists? And 
you know, I'm wondering what it must be like if you accidentally get the CIA to accidentally decides that, say, you're a terrorist. Yeah, well, I mean, you have to talk to the CIA about that. Well, do you think that they're I mean, right 100 well, I mean, of the if time? You're, if you're if you're conducting terrorist type activities, then I'd say you'd probably be in trouble unless you're in the United States military. Do you think then, that the you know, if you're Major Hassan, then you're safe. You're not going to get you know any trouble. Do you think that the uh, CIA makes mistakes? Of course. Do you think that it's right course, that I mean, um, that I have to fund this organization that drops bombs on people um, if they are mistakenly killing innocent people? I mean, if, if it's if if you're part of the country, then you know you're funding obviously your defense, and if your country thinks that's a defense, then yeah, I mean you're funding it. That's well, what, I, I'm funding it because um, they're threatening me. And uh, they will put my butt in jail if I don't pay them. And so I'm, sure. you know, I'm. Well, can I and sign? Can I sign some kind of piece of paper that uh, takes my property and and says, um, you know, we here and and you know, my town in New Hampshire in my little section of land, you know, give them the geo coordinates and say, I I'm stepping out of the United States. I'm done. And then I wouldn't have to pay anymore. That's you'd have to fight that battle yourself. I mean, I, you you're, know, that's, you're that's darn right. That's exactly what I'd have to do. I, I would have to fight a battle because they would send men with guns to uh, come and collect me um, and kick my family out of their house and, you know, all kinds of things. It would be a disaster. It would look like Ed Brown all yeah. over again. Yeah, absolutely. I so now, now, I guess here's why I want to wrap up is you use this term terrorists over and over again. And I, I think the definition of a terrorist is somebody who rules um, attempts rules or attempts to rule another with the uh, with violence and the threats, um, threats and force and things like that. And I guess the question um, that I have is these people that you're calling terrorists, these sort of amorphous people out there, they haven't really had any proof. Yeah. Like you've, got, you've got no real proof that they're terrorists. But I've got proof, in fact, that the United States government is ruling me with terror. Um, so who's the terrorists? That's for you to determine. I mean, I, I mean, uh, for you to say that, that that we don't have any, you know, proof that these guys are terrorists. I mean, obviously... The panty bomber, right? He's got an explosive strapped himself. He goes to jail and says, hey, I'm part of Al-Qaeda. They, they propped me up here to come bomb you guys. He okay, didn't say that. They're terrorists. And that's, There's no and such that's thing proof. as Al-Qaeda. Any court of law will, will prove that that's proof. There's no such thing we'll, as Al-Qaeda. Is, is, United, is United States you know, terrorist on us? I mean, that's, that's your opinion. And if it is, then, you know, I mean, that's I'm asking that's you, opinion. though. And, I'm and asking you. part of the United States. But I'm asking you, well, think, is there an organization out there that will threaten me um, and possibly imprison me, uh, possibly kill me if I don't do what they say? And, you know, I mean, like, you know, I, I mean, look, to look, me, look, look, look hmm? the Browns, the Browns are still alive. OK, yeah. the Browns weren't killed. Um, and sure, were they were they imprisoned? Yes. And is is the use of the IRS as a, you know, kind of a, a political uh, enforcer right? No, it's not right. I, I absolutely agree with you. And is that is that is the, the force of the IRS abused? Absolutely, every single day. Uh, you know, is overall the this this country or this you know federal government terrorist? No, it's it's ridiculous. <laughs> what what are there people in it who who probably are terrorists who are you know just as guilty as? As any terrorist in the Middle East, absolutely there are. So we, should we kill the organization because some of the bad, some of the people, um, sh- should we kill people in the organization because some of the people in the organization are doing and, and willing to do terrible, terrible things to us? 
the people that are doing the wrong things need to be punished. Absolutely. That's my point right there. That's what I've been trying That's to say all along too. is that, um, you know, let's talk about individuals here and not groups of people. When you say radical I, Islam, I absolutely... terrorist, uh, them, uh, you know, is you, you use the term just like Islam, Palestinians, PLO, you're talking about groups yeah. of people. Some of them are guilty. Yeah. Some of them are innocent. Absolutely. All right. Uh, agreed. And I say, and I, I say, use as many special forces as possible. I, I wouldn't have a complete, you know, military invasion of of that country. I would have special forces out there pinking off these guys that we know are heading this stuff up. I'm not, I'm not worried about the panty bomber guy. I'm worried about the the, the imams that are that are propping him up all around. And I'd be going after those guys. You know that that special forces trick is what Carter tried back in '79, uh, uh, and they they like they got destroyed out in the well, desert. When you hand bureaucrats yeah. guns, um, the government doesn't get more efficient just because you've handed them a bunch of guns. I mean, there's still a bunch I of agree. incompetent I mean, boobs. Um, they're just the, the you know the military is really just the post office in fatigues. Wow, I'm. Uh going to step away from that one. Well, I'm sorry. I, I know it's a very Republican position to say, God bless America. This has nothing to do with Republican. <laughs> I mean, you don't even you don't even know what where what I am. I'm guessing. I mean, re- you're it, on the it, Republican uh, Liberty it, Caucus, and you did a, an extraordinarily pro-military video. I am a Republican. That was not that, that was not a pro-military video. It was an anti-terrorist video. Okay. To, to the idea of of dialoguing with these people. Who, who, who do not dialogue, who do not reason, is, is stupid. It's, you have more chance of convincing the wall to turn blue than you do of convincing a terrorist that, that they should not go blow themselves up. You know, I, I think that um, the terrorists might find something better to do if uh, the United States government got its military out of their countries. That's what my thought process is. Sure. All I- right. Um, it, it, plug, plug your plug your uh, show real quick because I have I do have to go now and thank you for the interview. Sure. Um, plug your show so that people can see it and I'm sure you will get a bevy of uh, of uh, comments on it um, after this interview. Okay, Mark. Thank you very much for the thank opportunity. You. Thank uh, you, Andrew. Was, You've been it very was gracious. A pleasure chatting with you. Yes, sir. My website is, is firstinthenation.blip.tv. Okay, so say it again because I didn't quite hear it. Sure, it's firstinthenation.blip. Dot TV. Blip or, dot blip. Um, TV. Okay. Or you can search um, First in the Nation show on YouTube. Sounds great. Um, and I guess that's uh, we've, we've plugged it all. I, I really appreciate uh, I really appreciate your time, Andrew. And uh, you know, keep up the good work. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. It's a, a well produced show. I must say that. Thank you very much. Thank you. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. 
on your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com.